3D6 Down the Line. Good evening, everybody. Welcome again to 3D6 Down the Line. You're watching episode 16 of our Dolmenwood playthrough using the Old School Essentials rule system. Once again, going around the horn, I am John, your referee, and we have Mike playing Alfric, the magic user, David playing Brother Gwillem, the friar, Matt playing Halifax, Swinney the knight, and Ted playing Argus Dreger, the fighter. Uh, last time we joined our intrepid adventurers, they had uh, made their way through a fairy door, traveled along what they have since come to learn is called the White Way, and have exited out the other side um, after apparently traveling uh, within the realm of uh, with on the white way within fairy uh, for approximately only 12 miles yet they have popped out in an unfamiliar place in fact on top of a roaring waterfall uh, amidst uh, standing amidst um, a stand of gigantic um, willow trees they have not brought their uh, retinue with them all of their retainers nor their wagon nor their horses the only thing that they brought with them is ethel the mule and themselves correct <laughs> so yes i was wondering up his nails right so uh can we just get a brief overview probably ted of not every nitty-gritty thing but just what we've sure. got on elf ethel what is Ethel carrying? Oh, what's going on, Ethel? Yeah. Ethel currently has we have one tent, we have some cook pots, um, some water, a good amount of iron rations, and some rope, and a shovel, and a saw, and a spare shield. Okay, and some stacks. Cool. So it's actually pretty good. Yeah. If you're gonna get stuck, thousand miles from home. <laughs> right. Something to eat. Okay, so you had um, you had passed through what seemed like uh, like like these strands of these willows as you kind of exited out of the white way, and the the noise of the falls assaulted you as you kind of took a took bearing of where you were. So it is so loud that you can barely talk to each other without you. You basically need to shout. Um, Ethel is obviously distressed. You kind of have to kind of keep a hold on her bridle, um, and uh, you. You can see the falls off uh, pretty close to you, but you are basically enclosed in all spaces by the the drooping branches of these ancient, absolutely massive willow trees. Um, when you get a good gander at it uh, of your surroundings, you can see that you're standing amidst, like near the trunks of seven huge willow trees. They And when I mean huge, they are over 350 feet tall. Massive, okay. massive things. Um, and they are basically bunched together you are underneath them and they are on the banks of this fall as it as it as it uh, tumbles over this um huge drop uh so it looks like should you look over the side that you might be actually be able to see some of the roots of these ancient trees actually poking out from the sandstone cliffs um that this thing is that this uh, falls are dropping off of um, so we're at the top of the falls. You're at the yeah. very top, yeah. So the the yeah. sound is extreme. There is a, a lot of humidity in the air, um, and uh, uh, your first question when you exit it is like, "Where are we? And when are we?" So you did notice that the um, that the weather appeared to be clear and sunny. It seemed to be a nice day. The sun in the sky does not appear to have moved from the when you, from when you entered from the previous door. 
course, that could mean a lot or a little, depending on, you know, what, right. how you decide to interpret it. So that is um, that, that is the uh, the situation. Are we close enough to the top of the falls that we could like look out on the you know to the horizon kind of thing? Like you would have to step out we, from beneath the protection of the willow trees to kind of get a good a good. Yeah. But yeah, you get that impression that you could. Yeah. We okay. have a sense of how close we are to that edge. Are we are we precarious right now? No, no, you're not in any danger. Yeah. You're not in any danger, but you are you are very close to the edge. But you're it's not like one misstep would cause you to go over. All right, I'd so like to get your view over there. Yeah, yeah, okay, because it'll tell us a lot. We can yeah. see a wide amount of land right away. Sure. Okay, so you um you part through like this really idyllic area beneath the willow trees and then the sun sort of uh, blinds you as you step through this veil of, of willow branches and uh, you find yourself maybe about 10 yards or so from a from just a fall just like a like a cliff that just goes right off right um and to your left is the falls massive things right huge amounts of sound um Okay. Yeah, to your left. Yeah. Right. And behind you is the um, is the tree stand. Uh, seven huge trees. Anyways, but in front of you, as you look out over the falls, you see the most glorious sight that you've probably ever seen. I don't think that any of you have had any occasion to be this high up at any point. So you see the broad expanse of what can only be the Dolman Wood spread out before you in all of its glory, just like all the way out just rolling hills of varying different kinds of trees just go marching off into the hazy um, into the hazy distance um, all sort of through the film of the mist rising up from the uh, from where the falls crash down below you see um, uh, that it appears that what you're looking out over is a deep deep long valley like you're on maybe you're on one end of it you're not really sure probably because you're at the top of a falls but they um but you appeared like the like the long stretch of it winds uh winds out in front of you uh with the river basically cutting through it um but there is no landmark or frame of reference that was like oh yeah i know where you are um the only thing that you can confirm is that this is definitely like dolman wood like you haven't left the wood um, so we we can't see, for example, so far in the distance, the shimmer of of a lake or a castle on a hill or something at all. Uh, We've got... Let's see. What could you see with that distance? Um, you could see that off to you. So first of all, you kind of uh, triangulate yourself. You look where the sun is. And then you look yep. at the way the direction of the, the river is flowing. And you can tell that the river is flowing in a southwesterly direction. Hmm. Okay. I know where we are. <laughs> um, and it appears that way off in the distance that the force actually breaks and goes into a lowland area of, uh, of uh, brackish fens and marshes off to your right. Fens right. and marshes? Yeah, and it's dominated, it's dominated in the center by what appears to be like an extreme depression that is actually filled with some sort of um, uh, standing uh, stagnant lake of some sort. Uh, sure. but that's way, it's like way I, off in the distance again uh, running under to the assumption that the map that we have is a map that we can reference correct right like in world something right. that we have that's physicalized the player's map yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I suspect we're near the halls of sleep yeah just from the river running southwest I it's going of... southwest to a, a depression of a valley which would all water leading through the Dolman Wood is leading to the lake and then from the lake, obviously down 
southerly out of the Dolman Wood. So I suspect... Southwesterly, huh? Yeah, I suspect we're near the Halls of Sleep. If indeed the waterfall we're on is visible on our map. Uh, would you guys confirm? Do you mind ping it? Here, I'll do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see, I see what it. you're looking at. That, kind of that would be my guess, at both as uh, David the player yeah. and, and Gwillem the monk, scouring, wondering where he is. <laughs> what could be going on? Yep. Um, I mean, I think I if we were at the Falls of Neon, I think we'd be able to see Lake Longmere more clearly. It would be very close, yeah. yeah. You, you would see it opening into it. And if we were, if we were at the Falls of Nif, we would be looking at a valley instead of... Right. Uh, so I suspect you are we are at... You are looking at a valley. Sorry, a wooded yeah. valley or not a wooded valley? But yeah, you're saying wooded, and it looks like the Falls of Nif are all just grasslands, right? Yeah, it looks like grasslands to me. Uh, just to be clear, yeah, this is a valley that spreads out before you, a wooded valley that cuts, uh, that the river cuts through the woods, but directly to yeah. your to your right. Like, you're looking basically southwesterly along the river's track, but to your right, which would be westwards, right, um, you see that it falls off into a into a fen-like, marsh-like basin. Um, yeah, I think, I think that would... Yeah, I mean, if we're in the Dolmenwood, the... The falls near the halls of sleep there is a good guess. Well, whether it is or not, we can determine perhaps by trying to find the halls of sleep. Yeah, my own... We're on the wrong side of the river for that. Yeah, sure. The falls are to our left. No, I understand. Yeah, okay. So Go ahead, Mike. What? No, nothing. I, I, we can't. Of more immediate okay. import... Um, when you kind of take a look around your immediate surroundings, is that uh, indeed when you look out over the cliff, you can see that the um, there are several clusters of roots of those trees that actually um, that actually march down the cliff alongside the waterfall itself. Um, they look like they could be easily scalable by anyone within a modicum of skill um, because they're so gnarled and twisted um, all the way down to the uh, river below. Um, that sounds like us. However, uh, there is some interesting stuff up above you as well. As you step out and you're able to kind of turn around back towards the willow trees, and you can kind of see them in all their majesty as they sort of uh, blot out the sun uh, behind you. You see that in the upper branches of these things, and we're talking like 300 feet up, that uh, the branches themselves actually seem to have like almost like a purple, a purplish tint to them. And when you concentrate and look carefully, you see that it's actually because of some sort of strange... Uh, fuzzy patches of what appears to be like a, a unique growth of moss that is growing on the on the branches that are most exposed to the sun and um, what causes your eyes to be drawn to them is the fact that you see movement all through the top branches of these trees and they appear to be like twinkling little multicolored uh, whizzing creatures that are sort of alighting a, a, a a, a lighting every once in a while on the moss and then kind of detaching and moving along um, those are so far away, you can just detect them as like faint whizzing movements, right? You can't really detect a form at all, but they're quite small. However, you do see um, vaguely humanoid shapes as well, uh, leaping every once in a while from branch to branch and actually causing the branches to bow under their weight every once in a while. And you hear like a... Um, a uh, uh, a, 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 a primal grunting every once in a while, like a hooting, like a... Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> uh, up there, yeah. 
My cousins up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wherever they alight on the trees, it appears to leave like a glistening substance of some sort that, that sort of drips a little bit. Now these are mm. now the, all of this motion that you're seeing is all and and the purplish color of those branches is all way up like 300 feet up. Sure. John, is uh, it would we have uh heard uh, I mean these willows sound incredibly uh, uh huge. I mean they it's monumental. Would any of us have heard of anything like this? Is this something uh, a landscape uh, uh, uh a landmark that any of us would have heard of? Um no, I don't think you would have. I think there, to be realistic, I think you may have heard legends of uh, of a stand of ancient willows like this, um, but it was from like long, long centuries ago, um, uh, and it was a, right. yeah. But uh, I mean, it makes sense. The legendary grove of trees at the end of a ferry road seems a good place to put yeah, appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of which. Is that door still there, John? Uh, the door is still there. Um, and and you know what? Speaking of the door, I'll actually I'll give you this because I think it would be something that you would have been told as like a fairy tale, just like like Ted said. Um, the tales of these were always associated with um, uh, an entrance to fairy called the Glamouring Gate. Glamouring Gate, right? And and the Glamouring Gate. Just from the stories, that's the door that leads to the roads? Is that... Yeah, it was a, a door amongst an ancient stand of willows that stands guard over an entrance to fairy, you know, something like that, but very vague, you know. There's no indication of what you experienced along the White Way, or even that it is a, a passageway to the White Way, you know. But nothing like, beware the glamouring gates. No, I'm talking like, like primal like childhood, that. sort of like the fairy stories of, you know, the, the willow trees that guard the glamouring gate, sort of thing. Okay. Hmm. Well, we might have found those. One question about these willows. Do they appear to be, you mentioned seven very specifically, do they appear to be evenly spaced as if they were planted or do they appear to be organic in their growth? They look to be organic. They look to be organic. Likewise, along the um, uh, uh, along the trail of roots that kind of climbs down these sandstone cliffs, um, you see that the cliffs themselves, even distant from the from the roots themselves, but the uh, the cliffs seem to be heavily pockmarked with um, at least human sized uh, caves, like a lot, lots of places where you could kind of dip dip into. Like if we climb down the the roots, the root Without structures, we could go into caves. You could access the caves. Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. Is there any evidence of a road leading away from the door, like an ancient and decrepit road, flagstones? It's completely pathless. It's completely pathless, but you do see that it's not like it's not like you you must use the roots to get down. It just looks like that'd be the most direct way to get down to the valley floor. Oh, no, I'm not talking about the roots, John. I'm talking about right in front of the door. No, I know. Is there like there isn't? Oh, what I'm saying though is right. it, it, the the roots are not the only obvious route down like you could uh wind your way down it would just take you would have to be go you know quite a distance in order before the land starts to level out well, I, have, I have a thought guys i mean ethel's not climbing down roots right, right. Yes. Well, quick little question to go with the road question that's and, and oh good yeah is that no road and also no other sign of any ruined wall or collapsed building or dolmens or anything in our immediate area um i'll just double check so i'm not lying to you No. Okay. No. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, I mean, very simply, uh, feel free to disagree, members of the party. Um, 
think it's a lot harder to get back up from whence we came if we go down these routes. I'm inclined to check out the top side before we do any down climbing, uh, just because it will be easier. Well, I, I think we'll, we'll, e either way, like we're if we go up the tree or down the roots. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm saying we're already at the top, we're at the top of a waterfall. Look around up here first. So look around up, look here, around yeah. up here. Going down oh, okay. the roots. If we decide we want to come back up and check above, it's a lot harder of a process. Yeah. Not least of which because there could be a lizard beast in one of these caves ready to chop at our ankles, right? <laughs> True. So, there are hooting gorilla men above us right now, covered in moss and glowing and twinkling. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying we climb the trees. I'm saying no, we, I know you're not. I'm so saying they, yeah, yeah. staying right here might immediately, very shortly, become a, a problem. I'm going to give you my We're going to get pooped on. Looking at, <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, looking at what I think the visibility would be on this clear and sunny day, I, w I will give you a few more details. I think to your to your left, which would be um, easterly, that you see um, uh, basically paralleling the river, but uh, some distance off, like, like many, many miles, like not as a result of a river. Um, it looks like the land is basically shrouded in mist. Um, so there's a point at when you're where you're looking um, eastward and southward, that the the land is just basically like walled off by appears to be mist, um, uh, cutting off your visibility uh, after after a while. However, um, uh, you probably would guess about five to six miles away to the general southeast, you can see what appears to be just a thin, like like a couple thin, tightly clustered um, lines of smoke. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Let's also, go find some civilization. Also, some other signs of possible civilization is you see that when you peer off against the sun, you're looking down that river. Um, you look to you see that what might be one or two small vessels, uh, traverse uh, like uh, going down the midst of that river, like away from you. At the at the bottom of the falls. Uh, way yeah, way at the bottom, like down the river. You know what I mean, like down the. I just meant like not not up not north. No 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 yeah, like down the river away from you. Um, and gotcha. they appear to be heading towards what appears to be uh, a couple of other small uh, streams of smoke, which uh, looks like it lies. Those streams appear to look like like they lie along the river at some point, but they are hidden within the okay. hidden within the depths of the forest. Nice. Well, I think uh, smoke is a good. Not that it'll be friendly smoke, but it's a good landmark. I still feel like while we're up here, it'll be easier to take a quick look around. Like spend, once we, once spend we get a, once we get down, I don't think we're ever coming back up. Is my right, point. Right. Spend the day exploring this hex, and then, and then maybe uh, go down. That's just a thought. Down. Yeah, if you guys agree. Just to confirm, we're on the west side of this river, right, John? You are. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. So if we are where we think we are. Then, um, go looking at the map. Going down just takes us without having to cross a river, and I don't know how bad the river is to cross here. If we were to just go down and just keep going, we could end up at Lake Longmere, but there's really nothing between us and the lake. Um, there also be several days travel. So there uh, through non-road, a lot of days of travel. Yeah, Argus, yeah you know, Argus, as you, as you, not everything is, everything is going to be marked on the map, man. I mean, there's well, probably like, true, true, small, true, true, true. Small fishing villages or whatever along the yeah. along the river. A hundred percent. 
Yes. Yeah, and don't forget the map is also inaccurate in scale and scope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Argus, right. as you as you survey the, the the dangers of the river itself, you can tell that at the base of the falls, um, the river appears to be its narrowest, and it's uh, about a hundred yards across at the base. Right, and then as okay. it, as it moves off into the distance, you can guess that based upon the uh, separation of the trees, which indicate the path of the river, as you looked um, mm-hmm. as you look down, that it appears to actually widen to a, a quite a large span of about half a mile across. So it starts at 100 yards at its narrowest and then widens to a half a mile. Would the water be really swift? Half a mile. <laughs> well, if, if we um, can travel down to the area where we saw boat traffic, I'm, I'm sure they do boat traffic to get across the river anyway. Yeah, it's, that's a good possibility. Although, again, looking at the map, you know, you have to cross one river and then potentially another river. Getting back to Prigger, it's going to be a pain in the butt. I mean, um, I suspect getting back to figure out is going back. What if there's a... Um, <laughs> like, right. I think it's the road cross? again. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. What, what if there's a crossing to the north of us? Instead of trying to scale down the waterfall and all the rest of that, we might be able to get to an area where you can actually just cross the river. What are they called? Forges? Not forges. Oh, forge. they, yeah. Forge. yeah. This is kind of where I was going, Mike, um, is I'm wondering... Maybe rather than, better than down... Yeah, just stay up here. If there's nothing that forces us down the falls, um, we look around up here for a, a crossing. If if we are wanting to head to the Halls of Sleep, which I don't know anything about it. Uh, but I can see that it looks like there's a road that would get us home pretty easily from there. Right. Or we take the, we just, we do what we originally thought we might do is just explore the hex and then take the ferry road home. Even yeah. though the shadows were super creepy. It's probably not as creepy as the multicolored monkeys hooting up in these trees. <laughs> That's true. But there also may be all kinds of cool stuff if we go along the bank of this river. That could be well, kind of fun. I mean, I, I like the idea of kind of John jumping around up north. Exploring the hex involved going down the waterfall? Mm-hmm. Is it? Hmm? What? I, I said, uh-huh. We continue. No, I'm asking, like, if we do a hex exploration... Um, at the top of the waterfall, I can't ping like you guys do. Um, does that take us below the waterfall? Like to, to explore that hex is the, is the waterfall like in the middle of the hex? Yes, it is. So you would, uh, yeah. We would only explore the top half. Though. We can only explore half of it without going down is what you're saying. Yeah, but there's no, there's no roles for exploring down. You know what I mean? You just have to indicate that you would like to do that. If you would want, if you want to main, uh, limit your exploring to just the top, uh, section of the, of the falls and that's fine. But, um, but if you yeah, tell but, me if you're going to spend your entire day exploring the entire hex, I will get, I'll give you everything if you want. But we can, we can also, like, like you said, the tangled roots aren't the only way down. We can take the, the easier path down with Ethel. Correct. And right. Still explore. It's just like, you know, right. If yeah. we're going to, if we're going to do the roots, we'll go a little bit down from where we are or a little bit up from the bottom. Yes. Right. So but that we you don't would, lose Ethel. Um, but yeah, you would have to indicate like you basically would miss anything that, it would be interesting on the walls themselves um, the and, unless you told me like you, you the way you explore is sort of like you tie Ethel up at the base and blah, 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 you know that's all well well I is it of, safe to say sorry go ahead Matt I was just gonna say I kind of I kind of like that idea of exploring by starting taking Ethel down and then tying her up down at the bottom and then climbing up a bit because we can always again you know it's easy to get down hard to get up so if she's tied up at the bottom and we climb up and kind of peek in those caves a little bit. I don't know, yeah. That's kind of, yeah. That's kind of where I'm yeah. leaning for this hex. 
Well, I mean, yeah, that would work. Or we could uh, go upriver a bit and look for a Ford. Oh, um, um, we can we can do both. Right. I mean, if we if we want to search this hex, we just do that, and then. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Let's stick with the original plan. Let's search the hex, and if that means going down, it means going down. I'm fine with that. Okay. So, uh, with Ethel, I believe that limits you to about eight miles a day. Yeah. Um. So. That is fine. Um, where, where do you want to end up? This is the, yeah. Like, where are you going to? Um, personally, I'd rather end up closer to the ferry door here again myself. Yeah, I, I think, again, I, I don't think we should go down to the waterfall until we explored above. Because if we get ourselves in trouble and we're away from the ferry door and we can't get back to the ferry door and we are light on provisions or anything goes wrong, we're in a situation that's less reversible than if we at least got at the top first, make a decision right. that's informed, which is why I was thinking spend our first night figuring out what's above, even if it doesn't mean exploring the entire hex, and then go from there. I don't know. It's up to you guys. If we uh, want to just plunge in, we should plunge in, but at that point, I think we should just go down the, the roots. Well, just... we can't take Ethel down the roots. I know. Yeah, we just take, take them down the... If we want to go down, we just take the easy path down. We don't want to go down at all. We just stay up there. I don't think we should camp underneath the um, the, the willows, purple, no. purple moss, uh, willow sure. monkey guys. I mean, yeah. if we um, if there is indeed an easy path to go down and up again, and that path does not look you're... reversible, then we should just explore the whole hex, and we can go up yeah. and down the path as as we please. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Okay, then let's do that. That's fine. Just we're gonna explore the, the hex, hex. and yeah. I think we should. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. John, are there, are there any ley line impacts in this hex? There is not. You not feel any okay. any troubling. All right. So, oh, so finally, some relief. So you're you're, you're not going to tell me what hex we're on, right? What? You He's won't tell me what hex we're on while we're still trying to figure out where we are. Sneaky, <laughs> no. sneaky, sneaky. Um, <laughs> if we were to put, say, a number on this hex, so uh, you're exploring uh, up top first, and then then if nothing okay. exciting, you're going down, right? Okay. All right. So yeah, um, as you are uh, gathering yourself, and you're like, all right, let's see what there is to see around here um, up top. Um, there is, uh, uh, a, a couple of those whizzing things actually whiz down from the upper branches and they sort of, they've sort of like, like all around you appears to be like, uh, let's see how many is there here. Uh, should look that up. Give me a sec. Looks to be about like seven or eight of them, kind of, and they appear to be like super dark blue, and they leave like a little dark blue trail behind them. And you're like wicking around, and you're like, you can see that they're obviously some sort of like fairy winged creature, like little little fuckers. And they're like, and they whip behind one of the 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 trunks of um, all at once of one of the willow trees that you guys are standing under. Ethel like ears like perk up, and then they're gone. You can still see some some of these things like whizzing around in the top branches, but the ones that came down and visited you disappeared behind this trunk. And then like a moment later, out steps from behind this trunk, a beautiful, ravishing looking woman with long, dark blue hair and pale skin. And she steps out uh -oh. 
She looks at you, she goes, hello, gentlemen. Welcome to the Elder Willows. Ooh. All such handsome men in your own way. <laughs> in her own way. Yes. <laughs> they're, she, they're marvelous. Please, my lady. She, she surprisingly sidles up to, to Gwillem, who is now, uh, <laughs> now, now a colorless, uh, very pale uh, creature in his own right. Sure. Um, and she, she puts a, a soft hand on your shoulder, basically, and sidles up to you with, with her, uh, the, the length of her along your, along your own body. She says, it's very nice to meet you. <laughs> do, I, do I detect the... Uh, do I detect the the sounds of the south on your tongues? Tell me more. <laughs> I think Willem uh, uh, blushes a little bit. Sure. <laughs> easy, not hard, not not uh, easy to hide uh, for you. Easy. Sure, sure. Uh, we 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 we, uh, we traveled among uh, the ferry road to this wonderful grove of trees. Did you? Thank you. Uh, 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 for uh, welcoming us. It's so uh, rare you... that we see visitors coming through the glamouring gate. <laughs> uh, Why? It was it was a triumphant experience. So exotic, and you are you are a man of God, I see. <laughs> yes. Do you see that? And do you do you resist all temptations, brother? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Uh, 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 my dear lady, the world is full of many temptations, uh, uh, several of which uh, hold the spark of the divine. Of which do you speak <laughs> specifically? <laughs> well, I am of the mind as a free spirit, but but also a servant of the one true God. That uh, that uh, appealing to our baser natures is sometimes a, a healthy thing to do, wouldn't you say? Argus says, uh, "I'm I'm very base. Very <laughs> Are you?" She, she, she strokes one hand down down uh, Gwillem's chest before detaching herself from him, um, and uh, sidles uh, ever so uh, uh, dexterously up to you, Argus. Sure. She, she says, "You know what I, you know what I desire most?" As she looks out underneath her brow, underneath her eyelashes at you, it's a kiss, a kiss from a handsome Southerner. I think would do me right oh. on a on a on a sunny day like this beneath the willow trees. That's all I ask. Uh, I will. Uh, Argus will. Uh, uh, he will also blush and then uh, uh, bow deeply and uh, try kissing her hand. <laughs> oh, ever the wise. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know. Nothing's... <laughs> she says, "Don't be alarmed by the presence of your friends. I don't. I desire something a little bit less tame than that." Shall we? <laughs> we, 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 we do have a we do have a tent on the donkey. <laughs> we don't need accommodations. Perhaps abscond behind the tree for just for the nonce, just a, a bit. And he was never seen again. <laughs> here's here's the problem: is I think that like. Actual Argus probably would totally be like, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> then do it. Well, is then extremely do it. <laughs> well, it doesn't appear. I, I'll say this: that it does not appear that you are obviously not because I haven't called for a role. But it does not appear that you are an, in an, any any undue influence. It does not appear that you have been glamoured in any sort of way, unlike you the way that you right. were with uh, the Oaken String. 
Yeah, yeah. But she's she's she is she's she's I will say she's of an equal hotness uh, from a different perspective, of course. But um, she is she's using her natural born uh, gifts to uh, try to woo you, Argus, into just a kiss upon her rose red lips. He'll uh, lift the visor up on his helmet and uh, twirl his mustache, and then uh, uh, lean in for the for the base act. All right, of, you all uh, you all witness Argus lean in for the kiss, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And indeed, the moment she, she her eyes widen in delight as she as she uh, as she kisses you, and it's it's quite delightful. But um, you watch as Argus you you fade into uh, uh, just a waking dream like it's just like the most wonderful thing like nothing's going wrong at all you three see argus drop like a stone to the ground just then the moment he drops you you hear loud snores coming from underneath his visor as it clangs shut um uh and the moment the, the moment that he hits the ground the woman bursts into six indigo colored sprites like fairies and they and they you hear them tittering and laughing as they like cyclone up back into the branches and you hear like a <laughs> from up in the trees, <laughs> and the branches. That's very, that's very much like a John William Waterhouse painting uh, in action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the you could have been turned into a monkey. You know what? Uh, I think I think Argus didn't get it so bad. I'll go nudge him awake and uh, see if he see if he, see if he stirs. Argus, Argus. That's a wake up. And he's got a big, a big dopey smile. A gentle smile. slap across the face. Uh, a, a gentle slap does not appear to wake him up either. It's just blissfully sleeping. I take one of his dirty socks off and I jam it up underneath his visor. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do the trick either, surprisingly. All right. Well, uh, lover boy, uh, lover boy uh, is blissed out. Ethel, Ethel, uh, Ethel nuzzles him. That doesn't appear to work either. Can we? Can I? Can I go ahead and get Argus up? Uh, sort of put his arm o- over my shoulder, lift him, and drape him upon Ethel's back. Uh, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I will, I will help do out precisely there too. that. He's, he's a heavy boy. And I'll look at everyone and say, "Don't kiss any Faye. <laughs> and why don't we go upstream? <laughs> We're not climbing with him. <laughs> uh, so you, uh, so as you. Continue on with Argus over the back of Ethel, and you're like, good, good, that was great. Um, a couple more of these things uh, flit down as well as you're kind of leaving the stand, and um, these appear to be uh, kind of a pinkish rosy hue. It's like five or sure. six of them, and they, um, and they, you actually hear coming from that little cloud of them, you hear Gwillem's voice echo out. Uh, what, did, what did you say, Gwillem? Don't trust the Fae? What did you say? I didn't say don't trust. I said don't kiss the fae. Don't yeah. kiss the fae. Yeah, so you hear it, it, it in the exact intonation in Gwilym's voice. You hear, don't kiss the fae. 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 As, uh, uh, we, as we, I, can, I re- can I respond? We get, we get it. We get it. Can I respond? Oh, this, we, is very, we get this is very predator, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around. Exactly what the predator would do is he would record voices and Yes, that's what I'm night. saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in in in, in uh, recognition of their game, can I respond back uh, uh, by saying, um, "We Fay are very smelly, aren't we?" 
you hear that we we are very smelly we fair and you hear up in the trees you hear like a, a, a whole bunch of like little little like giggling laughter you know but not not in the cloud but like way up in the way up in the trees yeah um and then you actually hear within the cloud is like some of them say we fair are very smelly um and you hear but you also hear within that cloud you hear like a uh uh the the, the uh, not a clip clop but the sound of ethel moving through the forest like you hear that as well you know like i like basically all the sounds that you guys are making they're mimicking at the same time and then they eventually like since you're not like engaging with them too much they they, they like and they, they scatter off <laughs> they were fun they were fun i liked them <laughs> all right so welcome to the elder willows boy <laughs> Well, uh, if indeed the halls of sleep have fey uh, uh, yeah. uh, themes, then perhaps we are nearby. Um, okay, well, are we continuing to explore that? Continuing to explore, there? yep. I'm just looking at my charts here. Give me one moment. All right. Oh, it's fun. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad you kissed her. I mean, you know, I, I knew better, but... I feel like it's something Argus would totally do. So. Uh, I think it's net positive, Argus. You got a nice nap. You were tired, I'm sure. <laughs> like, I'm just bummed we left the Sharpies on the wagon. Yeah. Otherwise, he'd have like a cool uh, monocle. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, nice. Yeah, we already got a mustache, so you know. Yeah. yeah. He'd give you a nice like scar. Mm. Little Harry Potter glasses. Okay. All right. So, um, you you're exploring the top, right? Okay. So, uh, uh, the river up here is rather narrow, um, and it, uh, it quite quite swift moving is what you're noticing as you're kind of traveling along uh, the about a mile long stretch of this of this hex where um, you're on the upper end of it, and. Um, there are numerous places where the land sort of falls off and steep sort of doosh, doosh, doosh as it kind of uh, tumbles down. Um, uh, not all the way down to the base of the falls, but uh, this is definitely like the high point of it. And um, you can, uh, let's see, uh, actually roll me a, roll me a D6. It must it. be the first roll. Got it. Not Three. me, I'm asleep. Three. I got a three. Three. Okay, cool. All right. So, um, you can hear off in the distance, uh, to the North, a little bit away from the river itself. Uh, you hear crude voices, uh, bellowing at each other, like in, in apparent anger, like way off in the distance, deep in the forest. And Ooh. also, um, right. it, it appears to be a language that, uh, I don't believe any of you understand. Uh, if you guys have your okay I have Woldish and Doman Woldish and Sylvie I have uh, Woldish and Caprice oh man I forgot to write mine on my sheet like a buffoon write down a good one I believe (laughs) I have alignment Woldish and liturgic yeah Um, Halifax uh, uh, you can vaguely hear what appeared to be the um, uh, more uh, guttural and uh, debased form of what, like you can, uh, of what appears to be like caprice, like it's a mm, okay. goatish of of a of a more debased variety. Okay, okay. 
So you definitely can't understand which, which, it, but you can hear some of the same sort of phrasing and stuff like that. And I would I uh, I would associate that with uh, Naglord and that kind of business, or or not. Uh, depends like, on what uh, kind of. Like, no, so uh, in general, all of you guys know that goat folk in general are accepted citizens of the of the realm. Like they they mm -hmm. they are citizens of the duke. They have uh, three of them actually hold uh, noble have noble rank. Um, but those goat folk are mostly found in the south, in the southwest of Dolmenwood. So it depends. Is, on... is Caprice the goat language or something, Halifax? Yeah. Yes. It's the it's the, the the high the high goat language basically. I, I go. Let's go check it out. Um, so Halifax, you would think that uh, if you if where you think you are is correct, that it would be strange to hear some sort of goatish up here. Although you do remember the rumors, of course, that uh, Lady Haramore told you, and of course the presence of the garrison garrison in Prigwort, that the Nag Lord to the north of Prigwort, to the north of Haramore Keep, across the Groaning Lock. Um, is a um, uh, she is bringing all manner of beasts uh, that that uh, uh, the nag lord is calling all manner of beasts to its throne. So this uh, uh, very well could be worth checking out. Um, it could be valuable uh, information uh, for uh, uh, Lady Haramore back home. We should definitely check this out and see what let's uh, do. It. Yeah, see what's also, going on. Also, it's possible that we are completely not in the right spot if of course yeah oh, true. Right. um so yeah as we go along john like every i don't know half hour or so mm -hmm. we give argus a poke does he ever uh does he ever uh i will say that out? um yeah we'll say that by the time that you hear this sounds about two hours have passed and are at the end of that time argus actually finally uh uh lulls awake uh, <laughs> um, big dopey smile on his face until he realizes that his face is very near the butt of of Ethel. Um, <laughs> and there's a dirty socks stuffed up under his visor. <laughs> yeah, um, Argus, you wake up from um, just the uh, dreams of a delightful sort. We'll say we'll say that. Um, and you are to the horrors of reality. Yes, to the horrors of reality. This is why people eat the eat the fruit salad in fairy man. They wake up their their roommates. Yeah, dude. Box up their helmet. They're like, nope, I'm going to live with the fairies. Um, nasty man, wizards. Put socks up your helmet. Okay, let's see. Give me a second. So Argus, that was some kiss, huh? Proud oh, of you. <laughs> okay. Proud of you, champ. It is about me, right? Like we go, we go shopping for pastries. Hot men are after me. We we go, you know, walking in the forest. Hot women are kissing on me. Like I just, I must be just irresistible. I don't understand. <laughs> how much Argus, you I hope your ego feels good about it. Sorry. How, how much do you remember after the kiss? Because that's when things got crazy. <laughs> well, I. I I don't exactly remember. There was a. I just I just remember feeling like it was really nice. Yeah. 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 You don't remember all the all those other folk that came down. You don't. You don't remember that sweet sweet monkey love you got. Monkeys, you say? Well, that's <laughs> oh, there there were I, but uh, not entirely surprising. <laughs> I mean, I, I lost count I, at first. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know. He seemed to have consent. 
lost count. Well, again, what can I say? You you wouldn't have thought I could uh, keep going for that long, right? I, I did not. I did not think you could. And why is that? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, come I don't on, nigga. I don't know. <laughs> And now you have TV. Oh, just brought it. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Did you guys spot what I just spotted? Tell me you just saw that. Oh, amazing. Great. Well, you got, you're, Matt, you're going to have to do it again. Take another drink. <laughs> what? I, don't, I do not know what you guys talking about. Oh. <laughs> amazing. All right. Anyways, uh, so what are you doing? Uh, we want to go... Uh, uh, Creep up on the uh, voices and see what's what. You bringing Ethel? Hmm. I think we tie Elf Ethel to a tree and stealth up to where we hear the voices. I mean, you said it was way off in the distance. Like, are you talking like echoing through the hills miles away, or no, like no. just a you know a few? I don't know. Not not not, not that far. Yeah, yeah. Is it just... Okay, so yeah, I like to tie, yeah. tie Ethel up. That sounds good. And. Okay, so you you make your way through the forest. Um, you can hear that the um, uh, the the voices of these things are getting louder um, as you're getting nearer, but they seem to have subsided in their um, angry tones. Um, and now, lifted up through the branches, you hear like like the worst music coming from where these wherever these creatures are. Like it's obviously pipes of some sort, but it's like. Um, there you can hear what is like the shape of what appears to be music like it's not like just random honking on a horn sort of thing you know with no skill at all but it's it's uh ear-wrenching like a completely um uh, dissonant and uh and abominable to your ears that you hear and you hear um what appears to be the creature's version of singing which appears to be an awful mixture of grunting and bleating at the same time um uh lifted up over um you see like birds scatter in the forest away from it as well um and uh yeah that's, that's what you hear and as you approach close being very careful not to uh to uh, get noticed you see what appears to be amidst the forest uh that has been cleared roughly by these beasts a makeshift camp of sort that's uh basically hammocks that have been stretched between trees and like uh greasy um tarpaulins tar tarpaulins uh that have been covered over as well um there are the stink of of rotting meat um permeates the air as you see that there are uh game animals that have been killed and uh, hung and, and their skins are hanging from trees all around flies are buzzing in the uh in the uh oppressive heat here um which seems to be a little bit unnatural uh and there is a roaring bonfire in the midst of the day, in the center of this clearing, um, the and right next to them, on that have been spitted on horizontal, well, not spitted, but uh, horizontal spits have been set up, and tied from those spits in Return of the Jedi fashion, appear to be uh, six moss dwarves that are struggling against their bounds, their their binds, and uh, the there are. Likewise, six gigantic, at least seven foot tall, awful looking, hulking uh, goat creatures that are dancing to this pipe music that is being uh, pushed out by one of these uh, creatures. And they are sort of dancing around the moss dwarves. Um, every once in a while, one of them will bend down and actually give the moss dwarves a lick, um, which is quite disturbing. They are all sorts of different. They wear like patchwork armor. They all have like 
uh, you know, like mangy fur and pieces of skin that have like dropped off and scabbed over and like milky eyes and uh, horrible, like rusted weapons with uh, pieces of old withered flesh that are still on them from past battles, Um, all spikes and wicked curves and all that sort of good stuff. Um, The, uh, the heads of the animals that they killed are just sort of sprawled along the camp, like just to sort of, you know, just dragging their, the, you know, the, the blood across the ground. Um, not, no care at all given. Um, uh, and their hourglass, their, 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 uh, infinity pupil, uh, shapes on their, in their eyes are like rolling madly as they, as they cavort amongst these, uh, hapless moss dwarves. Now the dwarves themselves are not your typical, uh, D and D dwarves, right? These are moss dwarves. So these are actually, um, mortal creatures that are actually, um, sentient fungi, of a sort, right? They actually are symbi. They have this, this, yeah, moss doors are like symbiotic with fungi. So this is the first time that you've actually seen them. Um, and they are also extremely unique depending on each one. So they, a, a lot of them will have like, um, long filaments for hair. Uh, some of them have like, uh, blooms of fungi for eyes, uh, uh, you know, bark like skin, like, uh, that's pretty much universal. They have like this sort of dark, dark Brown, nutty skin. Um, uh, and just a very, very strange looking creatures, but they're hand, they're bound hand and foot on these spits. And it looks like they're about to be raised with this fire. Yeah. John, uh, before we leave the forest, you said a lot of the trees were covered in moss. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to confuse the, the fact that we're talking about moss dwarves, but the, will- the like willows to... were, the willows were. So now, are, is there any moss growing around us here? Uh, not not that specific purple moss, but there's moss. There's around. There's moss around. There's moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not related to the dwarves themselves. Because there's a lot of loud noise, I'd like to pluck a couple little pieces of moss and plug my ears uh, with it, just as a, a makeshift earplug. Okay. Happens. Sort of the the like aggressiveness a... of this music that fe- I feel a little suspicious of. Yeah, it definitely uh, blocking uh, it out. Definitely helps. Thing, uh, you mean with the sirens, that kind of thing? Sorry. Like the sirens with on the Odyssey, where he... he can't hear you. He's got moss in his ears. Yeah, clearly. Huh? Mm-hmm. What? Pardon? Why not? Huh? huh? <laughs> Must be working. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, this is John discussed really quick, so we're not having a conversation right on the edge of the clearing. Okay, yeah, so I'm... are moss dwarves sentient? Are they worth saving? I mean, do we really want to fight seven foot tall Trollocs to, uh, to save them? I don't know. This, uh, uh, just from the description, I mean, John, unless we have heard stories of the moss dwarves being just total jerks and uh, enemies of the people, you know, seeing some, you know, some people like help, you know, and, you know, I, I think that we would have heard of them as being people, right? Like sentient. Oh, yeah, you know, you know of them. You just haven't seen them, but they're not like, um, they're not, um. Uh, they're not boogeymen. No, yeah, they're not creatures no. of myth. Like there, there, there's a known area called Mulch Grove, which is actually to the east of Prigwart, where uh, most of them tend to live, and they have like a dwelling that's called Orb Swallow, which is um, a town. We were thinking about we were thinking about going there when we had the, mm-hmm. the yeah. yeah yeah they trade with humans uh, and stuff we, like that. Yeah, actually, you probably have seen one or two in Prigwart because some of them would show up on Kali. I'm sure to to sell some of their wares from Orb Swallow, but you probably just have an idea hadn't hadn't have in hadn't had any occasion to uh, converse with them. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 Halifax is going to argue strong for saving these guys. We can't just leave pe- poor, you know, 
people that are helpless tied above a fire to die slowly like that. That's horrible. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, like, Argus hates the idea, but he's gotta agree. So is there a way that we can try to create a diversion or view this as a, not a direct confrontation, but one in which we cause chaos and free these dwarves to run for themselves? Because I think that is the best approach to a situation like this. I don't think we're going to survive a seven. Don't you, have, don't you got some magic, David? Except we don't know where we are. We don't know where to go. We're just basically going to run encumbered through the woods until they chase us down and kill us. Right? Like, that's my only concern. Is I, I'm just feeling like we're burdened down with captives and, uh, and Ethel. And <laughs> we have no idea where to go for, for safety. And I got to think that these things are probably pretty wood savvy and will have very little, like, difficulty tracking us down. Oh, so, I, I don't want to leave those things alive. No, no, I have no. an idea. If they caught these guys, they're going to do it to somebody else. No I have another idea. Yeah, but who made you judge, jury, and executioner? Jeez. Yeah, yeah the Halifax just became a crusader. Let me open my, my book of how to you're be that guy, You know that double-digit hit points. <laughs> like, I'm going to kill everything. Jeez. <laughs> um, hey, it's it's well, in the manual. It's in the manual, page number one. <laughs> Willem, has, Willem has a it's thought. Willem, Willem strokes... His non-existent beard, because I don't think Gollum has facial hair. That was that was uh, Snell. Uh, no, no, Snell was clean. Snell was facial. Anyway, uh, this is a a very left field thought, and there's a shocker. Assures assures no success whatsoever. But uh, we know the power of the Fae to put our dear friend here to sleep. <laughs> and though we do not treat with the Fae, I wonder if they might. Uh, Bargain with us to help and, and, so, and, and source all some, some goat men and uh, save some ostrovs who maybe are a, a bit more in line with their interests than, than by, the goat. By the time we go in and uh, you know, truck with the Fae, those guys are going to be dead. They're over a fire right now. They're going to be mushrooms yeah. too. Mm, true. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, you, hey, uh, um, Alfred, you, you can, you can ensorcel things, right? You've got the, the magic powers and can you put these guys to sleep and then we cut their throats? Put a whammy on them and we'll, and yeah, we got this. I definitely, I, I've memorized sleep twice. I don't know what that means, but that sounds great. Right. But I'm just <laughs> saying, is like, I, I might be able to get one right away. Right. I'm, like, I mean, we just don't know how many it's going to, you know, the more powerful the individual creature, the less likely my, my arcane powers are to affect them. Well, it, if, if you detect a certain number of hit dice with this spell, is that how it works? Yeah, you basically cast it, you roll a number of hit dice, and then it puts that many hit dice to sleep. Right. Uh, you lose the extra, basically, right? Other, yeah. other thoughts? I think that's a good, that's a very good option. So just to, just for thoughts. that, just to oh. think about that real quick, sorry, David, one quick point is like, sure. when John's like NPC did it to the wolves in Phrygia, I think she rolled pretty much close to max and dropped two wolves. So, just so you know, yeah, of them. we yeah. may or may not be actually outgunned that badly by these guys since they do appear to be rotting. I think John said, and but their their weapons were rusty. They're not rotting skins. They're not good at at tanning hides, Ted. Yeah, he said that, but he also made it sound like the the goatmen themselves were not in the best condition. Well, they we, tend we to also do. have. 
so when you this was like way back in like the very first episode but when you were told about like the threats that the nag lord had upon um the lands of house harrimore um and when they they, there was description of like the the crook horns or is what they were called which are the um which were uh wild goat men that were native to the northern part of dolmenwood but had since following followed uh follow Jeez, I can't speak tonight. Um, fallen underneath the uh, corruption and influence of the Nag Lord, and so th- that corruption sort of manifests on them. So that's sort of this is sort of like their natural state as, as they have become um, enslaved by the uh, willing, yeah. willingly enslaved by the Nag Lord. Okay, so it's oh, yeah. not necessarily an indicator of their physical condition. It's it's an indicator of their loyalty. That's correct. Okay. Okay. If we, if, well, we, uh, if we like light a torch and chuck it over there, right? It's going to make some smoke. It might lead one or two of them away. That's enough of a of a break for us to, like, rush into camp. Argus, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Argus and I are pretty loud. We can go in there and start. start. Then one of you could, uh, uh, Wizard, maybe cast sleep, and uh, uh, maybe you could uh, work on freeing the, the dwarves who could become our allies and and we would have numbers over these guys. I have a couple thoughts. Uh, I think sleep is is uh, very powerful. I also think the element of surprise is big. Uh, so if we're using it, we should use sleep before I we agree. do anything. Before we do anything else, including yeah, like it's getting it's to go elsewhere. Surprise is going to be good. Another another thought, though. This is again kind of a Gonzo thought, but uh, they're very enamored by this dancing. You know, circle of uh, of the feast. I wonder what sort of agitation or distraction casting silence on their musician would cause when they have no awareness that anyone's around, and now they just can't hear the musician. Right? Like ways in for us, like generate confusion or uh, frustration. Right? That don't announce our presence. That we can watch. Right? I think I mean, are I powerful feel- powerful tools pr- prior to like. Charging in, you know, blade strong. Yep. yep. We, my, can my I argument for that would be that a silence spell being cast doesn't matter if they realize it's us or even a spell, they would be yes. wary. They'd be wary if they couldn't hear the, the the guy playing the music they're all dancing to. It goes silent, right? right? And, they, and they get confused right. and they go, "What's going on?" And he's trying to. Dance. I feel like that blows our element of surprise, David. But I think exactly. that's what I'm concerned about. Casting silence on the fighters who have to tromp through the underbrush to get to where they need to get. Um, is probably a really good idea. What, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, however, is there's no way they would know what's happening to their musician. So the right. surprise, yeah. the surprise doesn't. In other words, I don't cast silence, and then they go, "Someone cast silence from the woodline, right?" They just can't hear no. the musician guy anymore, and they all feel confused. But they, sure. but they also yeah. might be on edge then and start looking around. Exactly. For... I would start looking around, and be like, "What the fuck, you guys?" And at which point, I'd see the two fighters running at me. And you would rather do that than let them explore around and try to figure out the source of this and divide themselves. You know what I'm saying? Well, I see where you're going. They might like this. Not necessarily one in which they laser in on us. And if we immediately do something like that and squander it by charging at them, the charge focuses. They know who did it then because they're guys with swords charging at them. So the spell is is pointless at that point, right? Like even casting silence on you is fairly pointless in a scenario where. You are charging right at a group of seven people dancing all together, right? So anything that we can do to either confuse them 
uh, via sleep or silence or anything that we can do to make them not be there doing the thing that they're doing right. seems okay. productive. I, I, I get you. So we, we silence, don't charge, sit and watch. Wait till, wait till yeah. they go. If they, at that point, just as a, as a contingency, if sure. they don't send anybody out to go look, yeah. I think we toss a torch then because then they'll definitely go look for that thing. Agreed. I totally agree. Totally right. agree. Then, then, well, I think you just sort of like you poke at the beehive, see what happens, you know, uh, go from there. All right. I love this plan. Okay. Let's do it. Should... All right. Before we do the plan, can we take a quick break, John? Uh, yeah. We can certainly take a quick break. All right, everybody. We'll be right, right back. Oh, yeah. Okay, guys. We're back after a break. Um, just uh, real quick, I wanted to mention about uh, silence for uh, Gwilym, just so you're aware. Remember that there is no save at all if you cast it on an area. So the spell will 100% work if you decided to cast upon an area. Um, but if you do cast it upon a creature, and if you're uh, attempting to do it again, uh, on the Piper, he gets a save. Yeah. So, And if, if, if he succeeds, it stays in that area, stationary. So it still stays in that area, right? Where he was located, right? So just so I, if he fails, it follows him, right? I'm just saying, like, if any of your plans are contingent upon the the piper himself being silenced 100, percent then it's not 100 percent chance. I totally, I totally get that. My my thinking is, I might as well try because even if he fails to save, the area which I'm targeting is silenced. He can move out of it mm -hmm. according to the rules, mm -hmm. right? But for some period of time, he'll be silent within that sphere. That's correct. So, okay. John, I have a question. If if there's a silence zone, right? Mm -hmm. Is all sound gone there? So, like, sound coming from the outside is no. Gone? It specifically, it states in the spell that anyone that within the within the silence area can hear sounds from with from without the from outside oh, okay. the, outside okay. the area. Yeah, that's good to know. But all, but all sound but also, within is, is deadened. <clears throat> also, I just want to say, like, I think Matt's idea with the torch was also a very good idea. My thinking here is just that uh, we're very clearly outmanned. And while yeah. we have the opportunity to test a lot of things out with very little risk attached to it, I think we should do that, right? So it's sort right. of the combat is a war thing where I'm, I'm trying to spell, maybe it fails. Maybe the torch is the next trial, right? We can escalate right. ways of announcing our presence in the things that we trial, right? But I think it gives us a lot of power to observe, see how they respond, understand their group of you know, dynamics, et cetera, right. et cetera. I mean, that's just where yeah. my thinking and, is and, with this. And also so, take in mind, in, with that exactly in mind, uh, be aware that what I gave yeah. you was your initial impressions of what were going on in the camp. You have spent no time at yeah. all watching them. This is sort of like you saw them through the trees, and this is what you saw initially within like the first 10 mm -hmm. seconds. And then you were like, we need to go back here and talk about what's going on. This is yeah. also a very good point. Maybe we should observe a little longer. Yeah. And well, here's my other question for you then, David. Uh, sure. Um, so... The, uh, you know, the whole point of the combat is war concept, like you were, which you mentioned, I think the point of it is to, is to sort of find creative ways to put the balance in your favor. It you acknowledges know, and like, the asymmetry, yeah. Right. It's, it's probably, like in this case, as we've already observed, toe-to-toe, -to -toe, we're probably in trouble. So what can we do to put things in our advantage? Now, your idea of using the silence spell to break them up and possibly hit them one by one has some merit. I, I'm trying to think of other things we could do to put it in our advantage. And I wonder if maybe the silence and the sleep at the same time might not be good because then if we'll know, for example, Mike knocks out six of them. Hey, that's really good information to have. He only manages to knock out one. 
we realized that we were in, in big trouble potentially. You follow? So um, is there anything else we can do to knock the odds in our favor in advance besides just splitting them up and confusing them, which is potentially very helpful, but it's not this, I mean, you know, setting the clearing on fire, for example, not great for the moss dwarves, but great for us. Uh, also great. I mean, I think like first thought, what John just told us, which is very helpful, is a version yeah. of that, right? Like information is a is a is a parity mechanism. The yeah. more we observe, the more we understand, the more power we have to to behave rationally, right? So I think watching them is a good idea. In terms of the sleep thing, I don't know, right? Like I'm not necessarily assuming that my silencing the musician will scatter them. I just know it will change the dynamic in a way that they will all observe in a way that isn't like explicitly combat, right? They may they may. I don't know how John will handle a reaction roll. I don't. I have no idea, right? Like, what the, what will happen next is something we can further observe. So we watch them a bit. We silence them. We watch them some more. We we see if the conditions change. My only concern with the sleep thing is someone passes out. I don't know. Maybe it's just as I don't know. Is that a big panic or I don't know. That's a good question. If we silence half, or if we sleep half of them, and they know that Fay make people sleep in the forest. Do they assume the Fay are cursing them? I don't. know. This is all speculation. Is the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Point out yeah. What what Mike? Some of the shortcomings with sleep. If we sleep them and say we do get one or two down, okay. we don't immediately engage them. They can just turn around and wake them back up yeah. again. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they can just wake them up. There's no save. There's no like they sleep for a couple of rounds. You just slap them in the face and they're awake. You can also go up and, and just stick a knife in their eyeball and they die. So it behooves us to use sleep like when we are about to attack so that we drop yep. as many yep. of them as okay. possible and keep our hands and try to wake them up. So let's try to silence thing first, maybe. See what happens. Try the yeah. torch thing. I think the torch is a great idea as well. Right? Like we got we got like tiers of information gathering we can get from these. Does that make sense? Yeah, let's I, do it. Let's do I it. Think I mean, it let's do it. If, if maybe maybe watch them for, for you know thirty seconds a minute if those guys aren't dying. Silence. Just as we talk. Let's do it. The best use of our time here is observation, sure. As long as those guys aren't going to die. First thing, the torch. Try your torch idea first, because that's going to take time to go away from us, light the torch, put it in some underbrush where it's going to start to smolder and smoke, and then make your way back to us, because we don't want to split the party if we're going to go into a combat engagement, right? And then your silence thing might be the next step. And then sleep. Oh, yeah, it will take. The, it will take the torch some time to work. That's true. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, my, my concern is this. I don't want. I know. I don't want to like us to fall into arbitration forever. So I'm down to do that. If we set a fire and then put someone into silence or sleep, they have a connection of a sense of other people in the woods doing this to them. There's a very logical bridge between your on the horizon right. and spell effect. If they yeah. have no concept of anyone around them and spell effect happens. They might still intuit that, but it is a far more abstract bridge than there's a camp 100 yards away from us and our buddy just fell asleep or, or our musician just went silent, right? Like, then there are, there are wizards or fae that are, are attacking. In my yeah, mind, that's as my thought, what my hope was, is that if you start the fire far enough away, one or two might be dispatched to go check that out. And then while that happens, then you try your silence or then we sleep and attack. If we can get two of them to leave the camp and go... A couple hundred yards away. Um, Everyone will be on full guard at that point, though, at the camp. We realize, right? No, but they will be at full guard, but they might just think it's some morons out camping in the woods. Easy okay. meat, easy picking, right? All right. If y'all feel strongly about it, I'm fine to do well, that one. 
one thing we could do with the torch is rather than having you know for example matt go somewhere else light the torch and come back light it and leave we yeah we pick the spot we want it lit we light it and we all move away what if that we tie her and just snap her ass and send her through the forest <laughs> no she's got her stuff that would okay definitely attract attention so let's uh, let's get but to let's the watch the men for a little while all right, Let's so you, you approach from a distance. Uh, you 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 approach again, and uh, you have kind of observed their their uh, ob- obscene merrymaking for a little while. Um, you can see that they're basically uh, uh, they're also drinking some horrible grog at the same time. Um, and as you watch, they do appear to get a little bit uh, uh, loose. Like they, they they're not they're not quite as focused as they were before. <clears throat> you think that may provide you a little bit of an advantage um, that they're that they're um, very drunk um, at at this point, um, and they're pushing and shoving and uh, bleeding and um, uh, kicking the dwarves a little bit every once in a while, sort of pinching them, uh, prodding them every once in a while to see how juicy they are. Um, and they're just building the fire higher and higher at this point. Um, now uh, every once in a while they do slip into like this sort of um, sort of half. Um, uh, what they're speaking is gaff, which is um, the, the the low goatish, basically the common goatish language, uh, which none of you understand. Uh, but they slip into like uh, every once in a while, like a, a debased form of woldish as well. Um, it's it's sort of like the um, like like the uh, the urukai in in, uh, in Lord of the Rings, you know, like when they're you know meats on the menu, boys, that, that you know that that sort of voice, um, uh, very sort of low low speak sort of stuff, um, and sure. they uh, they are. Every once in a while, they get into an argument about the fact that they, like, one of them basically says something like, um, uh, well, here we are trapped on top of the Longshanks Falls, they say, um, and, uh, well, never, never want to be this far north of the Nag Lord's realm. Kind of spooky out here, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, uh, said, um, uh, they said that we're, wait, wait, hold on a second, make sure I get the names right here. Uh, we're looking for that. Uh, w- which the one? The one that we're looking for again, mate? They said, "Yeah, Gobshite. His name is Gobshite. No, he's a poor crook. Horn, he is. And you, you hear a lot of talk about that. Then we're going to string him up and Compton on the shiver. They were. Yeah, old Fraggerhorn had it in for him. Escaped, he did. Didn't they say he was up around here around the falls? Yeah, they said we last saw him around there. He was sneaking off with one of them talking beasties." I bet Gobshite's hiding in one of those waterfall caves. We'll find him. Um, but first, we feast, eh? Yeah. Tasty morsels. Now, you, you also notice at the same time that... Um, uh, that when you're getting a good look at these guys, that... Like the mange, there is, uh, there is visible lice, like, jumping off of them. Um, uh, there... Uh, one of them has like an eye that is totally milky white and oozing. Uh, you know, it's it is obvious that these things are disease ridden and could care less. I'm concerned about catching whatever they got. I'm just gonna yeah, put that that's no yeah. Uh, yeah, and the, and the weapons, on. like I said, like they look like they can be. Um, they they're they're crude. Um, but extremely effective and brutal weapons. Like, there's no subtlety to them at all. But like I said, there are pieces of, like, um, old meat hanging off of them from whatever they killed um, and rust. And it looks like uh, if those uh, 
touched you, much less actually uh, um, wounded you, would also cause additional displeasure. <laughs> uh, roll for tetanus. Yikes. We're, we're like literally fighting the minions in Nurgle right now. This is no bueno. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, looking at the environment, like as you're always thinking like, you know, combat is war sort of thing, like what can we use? You do see that the camp, horrifically enough, is scattered, like I said, with the heads and entrails and um, other viscera of the animals that they have um, basically skinned here and hung up on the trees. Um, so the ground is rather slick and obstacle-ridden. Uh, all right. So there's like lots of stuff to squish and step on. Uh, the bonfire is huge. It's taller than they are. It's higher than seven feet tall. It's massive, extremely hot. Um, and would anything that was went into what into that thing would definitely light up like a torch real quick. Um, it also appears that the, the, uh, willow trees, which dominate around here, they're not anywhere near as old or ancient, but the, the general forest itself is dominated by willow trees of normal size here, um, appeared to be, uh, rather dry here. Um, and, uh, uh, it looks like if, you know, a strong wind might endanger their well being, shall we say, um, all right, I got a question for you. Looking at the the landscape, um, is there an obvious or, you know, with some creativity, uh, like a choke point where we could draw them to fight one goat man at a time, kind of thing, uh, or a spot where we retreated to, we would have a stronger defense. There's definitely not a choke point, but there are numerous places where, like, you could, um, where there are dips and valleys, um, you know, ditches and stuff like that, where you could, um you know, hide behind uh, to gain some defense or maybe even get a little bit of higher ground should you wish to draw them into there. You know, you could do something like that. Um, so the willows the, climbable? The willows are oh, certainly right. climbable. They're easily climbable. The branches reach way down low. Um, so you could you could scurry up one of those with uh, no check, basically. Um, that would be quite easy to do. Uh, but that also means that they also can scurry up trees. Um, yeah. uh, but they mentioned that they thought this place was spooky, David. So I think your silence thing might work better than we thought. Love it. Yeah. What were you going to say, John? You, you had some... uh, there was another strategic thing I was going to mention. Um, Sorry. Uh, no, I, I just in general, I was going to say that they, uh, there's a lots of like di dips and uh, small dips and valleys and stuff like that, like little ones around. Like the, the ground is not flat and even. There's like a lot of places where the your the sight line is broken. Put it that way. Um, uh, places to hide. Yeah. Now, lore wise, uh, when you they name Longshanks Falls. All right. Uh, you, you've. They also said that they they that they that that this this gobshite escaped from a place called Copted on the Shiver. Now that you recognize, but you you never thought you'd hear the name of that place. That was a, a human settlement across the Groaning Lock to the north. Um, that was used to be part of Haramore's realm centuries and centuries ago. Like it was a small town that was known to be you know kind of. Um, uh, it, it, it was a um, a crucial trading point along the River Shiver, Compton, Compton on the Shiver. Um, but everyone assumed that it was lost and decimated when Atanaway, the Nag Lord, um, actually set up his realm in this area. Um, so, uh, but it appears that, at least according to these crookhorns, that the place still exists. Um, but even more surprising than that, and that makes your heart sink a little bit, is the fact that um, confirming now where you are. Um, you know that you are within the realm of the Nag Lord. So, congrats. 
Well done. Oh, we did yeah. it, guys. Yeah. You have you have infiltrated within. So the the the, the loose geographical boundary between uh, you know the good guys and the bad guys is the groaning lock, right? Um, uh, which Haramore keep holds, uh, you know, sway. Uh, so uh, actually, look at my. So we're, we're in the no, wood for sure. Uh, that's that's the label. Whoever's circling that. Um, hold on. Yeah, I'm gonna start going. Um, but let me let me switch over for the viewers here. Um, the groaning lock is actually this entire thing right here. It's a long, right. a long narrow lock. So, but um, right. and it's it's a deep. It's within the cleft between two very high uh, cliffs. So it's a natural boundary. So like north, um, so up around here, is all Naglord area, right? Not not the Hall of Sleep. Yeah. Um, and he mentioned a, a talking beast. So I assume that's maybe the Valley of the Wise Beasts, uh, possibly. Right. So now you've learned that. Um, this area, this here is the River Shiver. Yeah, I think we're at the top of the River Shiver. Mm -hmm. uh, Say that again. <laughs> the River Shiver. <laughs> okay. River Shiver, River Shiver. Okay, okay. that's very informative. Um, gentlemen, we could uh, climb some trees, hide in some ditches, be generally hidden uh, in whatever fashion we think best. Uh, it's we could we could ride down the river in a barrel and over the the waterfall if we so desire to flee. I don't know. I don't what know what are you feeling? I could climb a tree and cast sleep from there. I mean, yeah, I think I think if both of our uh, uh, squishy guys are up in up in trees casting down, yeah, and uh, Argus and I capture their attention um, eventually. I mean, we'll we'll see if any of this stuff can get them to. Uh, uh, so, to uh, yeah. so they appear to um, are. Uh, they, they look like they are almost ready to to roast these guys. So they are. Yeah. They now have at this point um, that th they were um, horizontal. The moss dwarves. They have sure. uh, started to actually raise them up on like like horizontally. Okay. So it looks like they're about ready to like just put their little piggies in the fire. Yeah. So I'd right. I'd like to cast silence. Can't, do I have? Does it feel right. as though I have time? Good. So just quickly, I just want to cover parameters here. Mission success is rescue of dwarves, not. Killing the goatman, right? Correct. So, I think that planning for combat is not necessarily our ally here. Right. Uh, so, I think hiding. Um, I don't think climbing trees is what I want to do um, necessarily, but I like the idea of using the terrain sure. to find a place of of high ground and cover. Before you do that, mm -hmm. trying to break them up, I think, is a great idea. Um, especially if you they panic because they're already spooked. Um, then sleeping as many as we can in and out on the moss dwarves and then run like hell. Sure. I think that all makes sense. I'll also want to ask one question, John. I have a scroll of hold person. Mm -hmm. uh, do I? Is there a way for me to have that on the ready? I'm not going to cast it. I'm casting sleep, obviously. But is hey, there a way for a me to have that? You got that from prayer, didn't you? Well, that only lasts a day from fair. I have a, I also have a scroll of whole oh. person. So I just oh, right. want to like, all I'm saying is I want to like have that ready as another contingency. Should I want to save like rather than like packed in my backpack? I don't know. Are, are these yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. No, no problem. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. I'm gonna cast sleep, guys. Can we? Can we all sort of hide in some shrubs or yeah, under? Sleep or silence. Sorry, sorry. I, I meant silence. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna cast silence. Okay. Same plan on the on the musician. Okay, cool. No, on the area where the musician is. 
No, on the musician. He'll, 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 he'll save. save and your plan no, no. screwed. I, listen, 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 listen. If he fail, if he, if he succeeds the save, it still hits the area where the musician is. That's right. He can just leave it. Yep. It, it is the same effect as if I were to just put it on that area with the bonus of it attaching to the musician if, if he okay. fails the save. That's right. Yep. Okay, right. here we go. Nice. Oh, so, so 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 either way, it's silence in that area. Yes. <laughs> if, oh, I didn't realize that. If he makes yeah, the yeah, save, yeah. the spell still goes off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a successful oh. spell. Spells are just okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All around, all spells are pretty fucking. Spells awesome. are all amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Love spells. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Here. In that case, yeah, go right ahead. Here, here comes the save. Sure. Here we go. All right. Okay. So. Um, all right. So uh, so no one's up in a tree, right? Everyone's on the ground together. No, okay. We're just hiding. Yeah. We're okay. hiding if we can. Yep. Hiding behind. Got it. Yes. Yeah. All right. So you uh, you you say your prayer, um, and uh, it uh, echoes. It, it, it you know it, it doesn't echo out, but uh, but you see uh, the the silence falls upon the piper. Sort of Melee is just like is like horrible screeching and wailing. Also, and it's just like like that, and it catches because it's a fifteen foot radius. Um, uh, a couple of the other. Uh, you know, within the radius of a couple of the other crookhorns that were like singing and dancing as well, and some of the bonfire crackling. Um, so that also goes quiet. Uh, but so immediately the the crookhorn piper um, like looks at his pipe and then like blows on it again. <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> and he like just looks at it in confusion and he's like shakes it a little bit, you know. Um, and you see that the other crookhorns like that are outside the 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 silence, like or start bellowing and laughing, and they're like, you know, and they're like struggle the tune again. Let's hear it then, you know. And they're what are you waiting for? What's wrong with it? You know, and then they sort of walk towards it, you know. And you see that the fellows that were within the silence as well are sort of, um, you know, they're like their lips are moving and they're in their now they're like shoving each other um one of them actually like takes the the pipe you know and looks at it and tries to blow on it as well and then he sort of he snaps it doesn't hear any sound uh from the snap and looks at it and he like as if it's some like if he's holding like a cursed item actually tosses it into the fire you know like that and he's bleeding and yelling and then he bleats and yells into the piper's face and now there's just like spit and lice and fleas like just like in the air between them as they're just sort of like chopping at each other and then knives come out like wickedly curved knives um and i'm going to roll real quick a thing here hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, yeah, so the one that got mad um, and stole the pipe um, shanks the piper like right into the right into the gut and the pipe uh, and shoves him bodily into the fire. Complete silence once again. You hear some of the ones that are outside the silence like roar in anger and surprise at this. Um, and uh, in dead silence, the 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 piper uh, crookhorn lights up like a torch. Um, and flails all about and in his flailing he finally exits out of the silence and uh, just is like screaming and bleeding like like a lamb being brought no, no, sorry sorry if did he no no i'm sorry fail? you're totally right he failed because it was on him directly i'm, I'm, I'm so it's following it's him. following yeah <laughs> so he's whirling around he's whirling around enveloping <laughs> others in the silence as he does so um and so you just see this thing uh screaming in silence all all around the camp um uh so I would say that that's enough. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff happened there. So if there's something that you guys wanted to do to follow up, you can. Or do you want to just kind of watch how this all plays out? Up to you guys. 
Uh, this seems uh, great. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. I think it would be worth establishing, John, uh, how exactly how far away we are in terms of like movement into combat. Should we or or to run up to the boss door? I'll say you're like one movement away, like one encounter movement, so like 40, 30 feet, okay. something like that. Um, okay. but you're within you're you know you're all hiding behind trees. So um, and of course the bonfire is making like anything beyond the campsite like complete darkness right yeah. john are, are are all the the dwarves like together or are there some that are no they're all like, together on the edge that we could they're all together so um they um are just shivering you know so immediately like all the the uh goat folk drop the dwarves so they hit the ground poof um they were a little bit dangerous close, close to the fire but they're not on fire but they're immediately forgotten as all eyes of the goat of the um other five Goatmen are on the burning one, um, and they're just looking in bewilderment. Like now, they don't want to get anywhere near him because he's on fire, right? But they showed absolutely no uh, attempt to put him out. Like they think he's they they either, they either don't care because they're completely immoral, um, or they um, or they think it's too dangerous, or or they think he's cursed and they don't want to get near him. You have no idea. Um, but um, they're kind of keeping their distance. They all have their weapons out. They draw their weapons out, um, and. Um, the Crookhorn is go basically going to, uh, he's got a decent amount of hit points. So basically he's going to whirl around the camp. Um, and I will say that he is going to light a certain amount of these trees on fire. Okay. We'll say a D3. All right. So he only manages to light one of the trees on fire. Um, but that is also going up, so that adds to the intense amount of um, heat, um, and it also lights up like a huge section of the forest that's sort of around the campfire. Um, so there is the bonfire plus uh, one willow tree that is also now on fire, and you know, like those drooping branches, like it's sort of so it's like a huge like crown of fire just as it goes up. Um, and finally, uh, assuming you wait, um, the creature uh, falls to the ground flails a little bit and then just sits there smoking and, and burning on the ground. Um, the smell of burnt flesh uh, permeates the air, actually overcoming the stench of the rotted meat. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that. Continue to watch. Uh, what is, as the guy dies, yeah, what is their behavior as the guy dies? Uh, they, they're going to wait a little bit longer, um, but then they're going to uh, you're, they're going to approach the body and investigate. So I have a question. When that happens, when they realize that they are silenced upon being near him, or if they realize it, do they show any concern towards each other, or are they mostly focusing on him as the source? They, you get what I'm asking? It, they, they, no, they're completely focused on the body, not on each other. Like they're they're basically quiet right now. Like they're like. What I'm saying, if they enter into that range and they are still silenced and he's dead, I'm I'm waiting to see how they react. Right? Oh right, right. To each other. And they're, they're silenced as well, even though he's gone. The source of what I'm perceiving as them thinking it is a curse. Right, so they, you would have to tell me that you're waiting long enough to see what happens if they go into the cone. Because right now they've stayed away from him because they're scared. Sure. I would like to wait, personally, but y'all do what you think is right. Are any of them precipitously close to the bonfire? Uh, yeah, some of them are, yeah. Like, if they were to magically fall asleep, is there a chance they would fall yes. into the fire? Yes, definitely. The dwarves are also very close to the bonfire. Well, I'm not going to sleep them. All right, I'm going to target some of the goat men that are standing close to the fire, and I'm going to cast my sleep spell. Okay, Ted, what did you want to say? 
Well, I want to know if the silence is be- and the and you know if the goatmen are approaching this burning piper, is that between us and the moss dwarves, or are the moss dwarves closer? You are actually you have an opportunity now to get up to the moss dwarves without them seeing you. All all eyes are focused on them, so it's basically like burning guy furthest away, then the goat folk. Okay. Then the moss dwarves, then you. Oh yeah, I think okay. we should. I think we should. This go might for be the- your opportunity. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I think Mike should do his spell, and Matt and I should creep up yep, and try going. and grab a a significant number of monsters. How many are there? Four, six, six monsters. Six monsters. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, yes, I think Mike should roll his spell first, probably. Okay. So if I know this right, John, I don't have to roll anything to actually do the spell. I just rolled a DC. <laughs> How many hit dice are affected? That's great. Right? Yeah. So you're going to roll a two d eight. Is it 2d8? 2d8. Okay. Let me just make sure my dice tray is open to the world. Okay. It was good, wizard. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) I rolled an 8 and then a (laughs) 1. That means you got an average. Uh, 9. Okay, so let me check here. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Let's see. All right, so uh, you drop. Now, hold on. Let me just hit the spell again, real quick. I'm hoping it's like two of them. Fingers crossed, dude. Yeah. All right, so here's the issue. The problem is, um, is that it will target weaker creatures first. Okay. Which means it's going to affect the moss dwarves first. Uh, oh wait, you can't be more specific with your targeting. Like aim it. Yeah. Nope, I don't. I'm not that I'm seeing. I would not. Well, well surely it's an area of effect, though, right? A sleep spell causes a magical slumber to come upon creatures, excluding the undead. I can also target a in, a single creature. You can if I if if that's a problem. Yeah, um, I believe it's a problem. A problem that you would huh. that you would be aware of, so you can take back the casting okay. if you want. I guess it's not like a cone right. he can nope. aim. Or no, something. there's a range. Well, I mean, there's a range where you can drop it, but then it's just sort of like, you know, that that far away. Um, everything that's everything gets affected up until you re- you run out of hit dice. Somebody that the rest of the group. Okay, so if I have, if I have the situation correct, we got flaming guy here, surrounded by dudes that are starting to approach him. Bonfire. More dudes around the bonfire, and then us, like somewhere over in this vicinity, right? Uh, no, it's um, it's it's more like you're looking at the bonfire in the center of the camp, and then sort of like mm-hmm. uh, right in front of you, uh, near the bonfire, all the moss dwarves, and they're kind of hanging out. Then uh, around, sort of like the western side of the bonfire from them, is like a couple of crookhorns, and then there's a couple more crookhorns are away from the bonfire towards the northwest, and then the northwestern side of the of the clearing is the burning body, and, um, and that's at the base of a tree in the very northwestern part that is also a lit. I want to target the crookhorn that is closest to the bonfire. Uh, okay, yeah, no problem. All right, so that um, requires no roll at all. It just either affects as long as it has the less than the state of hit dice, which is four plus one. Um, it works, which it does. <clears throat> all right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it a, um, or you can roll, it depends on what you want to do, a four and six chance that it's going to drop backwards into the flames. 
You want to roll it? You can roll. I'll roll it. Okay. No, you. Okay. Trust my dad. (laughs) Well, you can blame me because it doesn't fall. So, um, it, uh, so, but it drops like a stone. Like it's like, and, um, uh, uh, it, like you know, green pixie dust basically covers over its eyes and it's just like, and it collapses forward. Uh, the ones that were approaching the burning one, uh, the ones that are behind, so like two of them actually like whip around and look, and they're like, Whoa, and they, they kind of like, what is? They give it like a whole like, just what is going on, sort of sort of thing. You know what I mean? And they they look glaringly over at the monsters, realize they can't be it, and they they kick that one in the gut, oh. and he wakes up. Oh. Waste of a spell. Fuck. Yeah, I think uh, the distraction of the fire, the giant blazing tree, and all of them going over to the silence thing may be your best chance. So they uh, take uh, some take a minute. The other guy gets up and they start heading over towards the body. They interrupt me at any time uh, if you want to go do something. Yeah, yeah I, I think, mean, if, if they all turn and like go towards that body, I think our our plan was to sneak up and see if we could cut some. They're definitely doing that. Okay, so you're gonna try to sneak yeah. up. Yep. Okay, cool. All right, so um, it's a tight situation because now you're really close. You're like really close to them. Um, and all they need to do is turn around, like literally just turn around. That's all they need to do. Um, so, <laughs> John, I have, my hold, I have my hold person scroll on the ready in case they do. Got it, yeah. All right, so they're carefully approaching. They enter in. Um, now, this is all simultaneous. They're carefully approaching. The moment they, they, they sort of enter into the um, the silence is that the moment that you guys are sort of like out in the open, right? Like you're, you're mm-hmm. this is just you and Argus and Halifax, right? Okay, so you're, you're you're creeping forward as quietly as you possibly can, um, and uh, uh, what we're gonna do is um, roaring bonfire. They're very easily distracted, but there is a chance, right? So uh, I need you guys to make a roll. It's gonna be I'm gonna give you guys as well a four and six chance of moving silently across the ground to get to the moss dwarves, right? I'm not so, going. Yeah, um, I, I should. Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Um, I will say, why don't I telegraph that to you before you actually step out of the trees? Right. Okay. So one through four, we're quiet. Five or six, you're not. Okay. But you. But I'm saying you okay. do not have. You're not. You're not out in the open right now. I'm not going to. You can make it. Right, you right, can right. make an intelligent decision. Those are good odds. Are we rolling collectively, John? I guess we would because we're right. Uh, no, I think, I mean, the consequences are right next to each other. If they hear one of us, they're going to see both of us. So yeah, the consequences would be the same, but I think it would, it would be, well, it's up to you. Each each of you are trying to move silently. So each of you should roll, but, um, yeah, consequences for failure will probably be the same. Okay. And we could try not going right next to each other, but put some distance between us. Maybe if they spot one of us, they miss the other one potentially. Mathematically, is it better to have both of you roll or not? Probably not. Right. Probably not. not yeah. One yeah. So, so make, make make a single roll. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, do it, Ted. Okay. Uh, this will be my my big chance to get Halifax killed. Okay. Here it is. Uh, yeah. All right. We got, hey, nice. all right, cool. All right, so uh, they are well distracted. They are now, you can see, um, uh, 
look at, they are confusedly investigating the body and kind of poking it, but also uh, attempting to talk and not being able to, and also confused by that as well. And you can see, um, I will say Gwilym and Alfric are seeing this because Halifax and Argus are dead focused on the dwarves right now, that the, um, that their, their temper is starting to flare again. Like they don't like the fact that they can't talk to each other. Um, and they can't figure out why, um, and why one of their friends is burning on the ground right now. Um, and they also appear to be a little bit distressed by the fact that there is a, uh, billowing fire in the tree like right right by them so well distracted um it's a little bit disturbing from alfred and Gwilin's point of view as they watch argus and as you're looking at argus and halifax just perfectly lit out in the open <laughs> this bonfire <laughs> and they're crouched low uh with like i don't know their name knives or blades out or something like that um and you're crouched low so you see the the moss doors are like uh, like staring at you and they're just like uh, oh, oh you know <laughs> And they're just like, who are you? Save us, save us. Keep it quiet. I thought we were gone. I get out some olive oil and my skewers, right? And I'm ready to start cooking fungi. No, no. There's like a lot of deep grumbling from from their throats, which you're, you're associating with fear. It's almost like a hiccuping, like, oh, oh, oh very strange they sound. probably would have been doing that sound anyway but um so yeah uh, once i get to them i think get down even lower right so like i look like i'm amongst the 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 dwarves you know maybe they won't notice if they look behind them yeah because we're all down together yeah, yeah and then uh start cutting as many as i can reach i've got a spear i can reach out and 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 cut further away but cut as many as i can without moving around too much uh okay yeah i would i would go kind of to the other ones yeah to, to space out a little bit so i would go to the other ones um whisper to them it's okay you know we've, we've got this we're here to help you all right and, so um, you have you have sharp blades i don't think it would take any time at all for you to to uh, uh rip off those bindings um uh so three each you were to be able to free them um uh problem is is that they're the uh, the, the the goat folks saw them only as food basically so like they were but food that could get away so there was no care at all given to like their bindings um so the the blood was completely cut off um on their ankles and wrists so they have very limited mobility like they like basically have no feeling in their feet right now um so but right but they also realize they're not idiots um <laughs> and they're perfectly conscious and they need to get away so they are willing to crawl as fast as they can um uh, or take your aid, however you want to do it, but uh, it's going to limit movement. Um, in other words, it's going to take another roll with significantly less chance of success to get back out into the forest quietly. Um, and so here's what I'm thinking. We let them crawl, Hallie, uh -huh. and, and we stand up and and back away, right? So we're not rushed from behind. We're watching. We're prepared. We're not surprised. Right, the two of us side by side, shields and swords and spears, and backing up close, carefully, and guarding them. Okay, uh, just uh, uh, what do you think? Be mindful of the the uh, the slippery goo on the ground. Uh, can I ask got a point, question? Points yeah. to the guts yeah. and entrails. Yeah. waiting to trip us. Yep. Uh, yeah, Gwilym. Quick question: uh, How many of them have entered into these the, the cone of silence? They are all in there now. And, 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 and they they cannot hear each other. Yep. And but they can hear things from the outside? They can hear things from the outside, that's correct, yeah. Okay. Um, and at this point, yeah. because it's taken a little bit of time to cut them loose and um, you know gather them and kind of explain the plan, um, they are full-on 
pushing and shoving at this point. They haven't quite reached the point of like abs- like out and out violence, um, but uh, they are starting to go a little bit crazy. Like they they have no idea what's going on. They don't have enough presence of mind to realize that there is a boundary. Like that they can they can just step away. Yeah. It's like they're just sort of like in it, and they're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And they're freaking <laughs> out. Um, uh, but it's causing to the point now where they're not focused on the body. So all they need to do is sort of like shift their positions around, and one of them is going to get a view on you guys. You know what I mean? It's it's gonna you know you you have like oh, okay. position wise, there's no way to get the the bonfire in there between is. us and them. There is yes. Ah yes, there we go. Yeah. That's what I'd like to do is kind of there shift you go. so that we're behind the big blazing bonfire. Okay, cool. All right, back up yeah. away from that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just back up from because yeah. it also totally dilate their eyes, so they're just going to see fire. They're not going to be able to see past that fire. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That, yeah. That is smart. Okay. So, um, yeah. So you you do that. You immediately sense that like okay, we're, we're in big trouble. So. Okay, let's move around the fire. Um, you sort of guide them. Um, so, but now they're so now they're basically like in a scrum. They're basically wrestling and tussling. Um, it looks like they're moments away from Blaze coming out. So, at, at any given moment right now, it's like is they they um, there's still a chance that they might see you. But I will say that um, uh, that you've you brought the chance back up to a four and a six to actually retreat back out by keeping the bonfire between you and them. You know, but it's just like it's so chaotic. It's so chaotic that they may see they may see movement through the bonfire or something like that. You know, you never know. You know that sort of thing. Will this roll include the dwarves or do they include the dwarves? Yeah, you have a you have a one roll four and six to get back out into the woods and be safe from this encounter. Okay, I think this one's yours, Matt. I got it. I got it, man. I can feel it. Here it comes six, baby. No. That's not what you wanted to roll. <laughs> you almost convinced me, Halifax, that that was a good thing, but it's not. No, no, no. It, well, it's good. It depends. You know. Not good. All right. So it's it's okay. Six is high. It's not good, but um, it's not like all of them suddenly whip around her like intruders. Um, one um, who is uh, basically on the ground, being like throttled by. Don't <laughs> folk uh, by another crookhorn, uh, like whips his head around and he sees like uh, from the ground and um, he uh, he throws out like a clawed arm and he's he's pointing and he's like yelling in the other guy's face who's like you know like, they're like face to face like Saving Private Ryan you know you know and he's like, <laughs> he's like when that happens <laughs> when that happens can I cast hold person on him yes absolutely yeah. I'm going Ooh. to cast hold person on him the minute he points at them in this kerfuffle okay great. Okay. Sweet. Spell causes one or more humans to be humans or human-like monsters to be paralyzed if they fail a saving throw versus spells and may be cast in two ways. One, against an individual, the target saving throw is penalized by negative two. Two, against a group, 1d4 individuals. I'm going to do just against him. Just against that guy. Yes. (laughs) Okay, great. I love it. I love it. All right. Saving throw versus spell. All right. With a minus two penalty. Yes. Also love it. Let me just go back to the snap block here. Got a little bit of that, and here we, here we go. <laughs> all right, you could probably tell that's a good, that's good, for, that's a good for you roll. <laughs> um, all right, <laughs> yeah. So he's like, and then he's like, <laughs> it's just like just, <laughs> and the other one's like right on. looking at him, like trying to like listen to him. He can't listen to him though, and he's like. You can see him like asking, like, "What? What is it? What is it?" He's like, "Slap, slap, slap!" And the guy's just like, <laughs> uh, "So uh, he does, he, you know, he's 
now he's more interested in the fact that the guy's paralyzed. Like he's not going to look around. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah. so he's just he's just like throwing the guy. Now he's like yelling at his friends, like pointing down at this guy. You know, he's trying to kick this guy as well. So once again, you guys have an opportunity to to back out, and you do. Um, so thanks to uh, Gwilym's uh, quick work, you guys managed to retreat back into the forest, and the darkness of the forest um, uh, enshrouds you as you look back over at the the scene of very quiet chaos <laughs> within the within the glade. Silence is my favorite spell of all time. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Okay, so that was um, amazing. All right. So great job. You have uh one dead, one is held, and so there are four active uh crookhorns um that eventually are going to figure out that you know, maybe not what's happening, but that something was done to them um, by someone else, um, and in in a matter of minutes, probably. So, uh, yeah. well, you mentioned well, maybe. Sorry, we try ahead. another sleep spell and see if we can drop. A, now the doors aren't in the way; they won't get slept. Do we try to drop one or two more and then just attack? Uh, <laughs> I'll say this: it took a long time for the musician to burn to death. And that was something that because because John literally said he had a lot of HP. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and and I have another another thought, John. You mentioned they were on the verge of pulling knives on each other. Yeah. Does that still look to be the case? Um. Uh. Yeah. I think they would, but I think eventually they would also um, yeah. pay attention to the. They would see the gestures of the one that was throttling the held sure. guy, and then they would probably put aside their violence and and look at this new quandary um but uh i will roll uh, let, let me just say i'll i'm gonna roll 50 percent chance that one of them dies in the midst of that brief scuffle okay and mike feel free to do that too. i didn't mean to uh, shoot you down i was just curious about that I'm well, not one dies, and then you cast the sleep spell that's helpful that's okay better. d100 roll 50 or under um another one dies okay. Oh, the 20 was rolling. I saw the 20. Well, you guys don't see it, but the 20 was almost there, and then it rolled over. Uh, so, unfortunately not. So, um, a couple couple more uh, knife wounds, but nothing uh, nothing major enough to affect them. All right. Well, I'm open to do whatever y'all feel like. You guys are not going to just let us wander away. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna, uh, hunt us down. Wait, how? how they don't know. They don't exist, guys. They don't know we exist. Until we the dwarves are missing. They're going to track the dwarves. They're going to find us. We're going to go through the ferry gate. We could just head straight for the ferry gate. You know what I mean? I, it's just a thought. I mean, I, we can also yeah. engage with them and kill them. It will be a hard fight. I'm All down right. to do it. So there's a there's three women and three men moss dwarves here. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, they are obviously when you're when you all collect yourselves, um, they they are very very grateful um there is a redolent smell of like loamy earth and mushrooms coming from them um which might be like uh just sort of like a uh, their version of uh what's it called like a um uh you know musk. stress yeah like a musk yeah exactly like a stress induced <laughs> musk <laughs> like they're 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 a little bit worked up um as they were almost sure. food um uh and, and if, if if we can smell this I'm assuming like animalistic goat men could probably easily. Very good point too. Uh, yeah, so they appear to be like the size of your typical fantasy dwarves, um, but uh, but they look completely okay. different, right? Like one of them actually has, um, he looks he looks like a carved potato, like he looks like Mr. Potato Head. Um, one of them has, uh, one of them actually has eyes, like actually deep pool, like like liquid like eyes that are actually as large as fists. 
you know, like huge eyes. Um, and one actually has a huge beard that drapes the, all the way down to his crotch um, that is actually made out of like frothy yeast, like it actually, you know, like like a doughy sort of beard. Um, uh, the genetic of this must be really weird. Like you make yeah. a potato dwarf and a and a yeast dwarf together. Like <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You get a beer dwarf. I don't know. You know, uh, vodka dwarf. One of the women. One of the women has like um, uh, her, her skin is like um, whorled, like knotted wood, like the whorls. You know what I mean? That that sort of thing. Right. Um, one of them actually has like like purple slime that's actually dripping from their long droopy nose. You know, so it's like all this sort of like weird stuff. They're like they're like crazy looking. Um, frankly, a little bit adorable like creatures. Um, they all have like little toadstools and and, and uh, mushrooms sort of popping up all over their skin. Like where other people would have warts, they have like these little toadstools and like little leafy branches and stuff that are poking out from their beard and skin. Do they speak? Um, what is it? We speak Woldish. Yes, they right? speak Woldish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, it's like, do okay. they know how to get away from here quickly by any chance? Uh, yeah, can they can they help us hide? Yeah, well, we we, we got lost on the path. Uh, we were hailing from the hall of sleep, and well, I don't know how we wandered into this place, but I'm so happy you found us. We're hoping maybe you knew a place. We got to be miles from the hall of sleep, though. Do you want to start a folk band? Sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> Boss and the dwarves. Well, I don't know. I'm just nah, spitballing here. <laughs> we, uh, we got picked up uh, not too far away from here. I don't think they saw what we were carrying. I didn't see it in the camp. What What were you carrying? Oh, goods from the uh, from Orb Swallow from the trees. Well, anything that we have is yours for saving our lives. Uh, can we can we can we guide you back to Orb Swallow? How far is the journey, friend? Uh, it's it's pretty far. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, we're, we're in we're... an Aglor realm. The Crookhorns don't usually venture too far south. I'm I'm fear I'm fearful that we may be tracked. Are you aware of the? Uh, 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 it's goodness, sorry. The Glamouring Gate, and would you travel through it with us? We've heard of the Glamouring Gate. Whatever gets us out of here. We are in the falls, not too far away. Take yeah, us there. Both of those. Okay, I so, think it's a good way to go, honestly. Okay, Mike, I understand both of y'all's concerns, so if you want to engage, I'm down. But I think they're willing to go with us if we want to just take a run for it. It's up to you. I think if we get to town or other people, there's less likely to, you know, like be a threat. But yeah. not to be a greedy Gus or anything, but I wonder if there might be a way to get to their goods and bring their goods through the glamoring gate with us. Well, that's I was thinking the same thing, but I have yeah. a feeling that if the threat of tracking is significant, I don't think we'll do both. I think I'll we can get this. the goods or we can get to the gate. I'll say this it is the dead of night. I don't think anyone is tracking visually it may it's be true that they can dead smell of night? is it dead of night it's the dead of night no no it's daytime oh i thought you're why i think the fire was yeah, you've been up. talking all the time about being blinded by the fire and stuff yeah, yeah. The, the, i got the distinct impression because that the fire was a roaring bonfire they couldn't oh, see oh yeah, yeah. i thought it had i thought night had set during this encounter it so. yeah, like that it may have been in mind too my, my mind too but it's definitely not nighttime 
So apolog okay, apologies that's that's So they, they could track us during the day. Okay, that changes how I feel about a few yeah. things. <laughs> no, I sort of had it in my mind too, but now that yeah. I think about yeah, it, yeah. I did say it was only two hours that you had fallen. Yeah. yeah. Your whole person lasts nine turns, right? Yeah. So right now they're down to four. Silence is 12 or something like that, I think. Let me see. Yeah, but yeah. right now they're down to four. Yeah. Assuming sleep can drop one, maybe two, right? Then that puts them down to three, maybe two. One's paralyzed, yeah. Right? And then yep. I, just feel, I feel like now's the time, guys. I mean... I'm not going to be able to help much past the sleep spell, but it's like now when yeah, we have the momentum or we wait until they chase nine turns go by and they chase us down in the woods, you know, and then we have to fight five. I don't know. Can monsters fight? I say to the monsters. Um, you give us you some, some weapons here. Sure. Rather not. Gorgorns are nasty. They're disease creatures. No one ever wins in a fight with Crookworm, even if you win. Maybe there is that. Yeah, okay, stuff like that. I'm sorry. Let's run. I don't want to yeah. catch a disease. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. I mean, Gwilym is not my back. A, I'm going to put it that way. <laughs> we, I've had enough diseases. I'm, I'm albino. <laughs> you know, we all had to do a quest to cure a plague already. <laughs> I mean, the sleep spell might give us a little boost for running while they... That's a very good idea. They can just turn around and wake them up. They can just yeah. turn around and them up. Yeah. I'm going to save that other um, spell for when they catch us. Yeah, do that. Yeah, okay. Why don't, uh, um, what, what if Argus and I stay back behind a little bit, kind of off to the, the side? So if they come. We can die in the forest alone? Yeah. Guys, we should, no, let's not split the party. Let's yeah. run as run as fast as we can. We, we, there's no assurance that they're going to track us immediately. You're, you're assuming they're, they have like radar vision in which they are like, Beelining towards us as fast as they can, like 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 the the um the ring rates, right? Like we are gonna run very fast <laughs> towards the gate as think, fast as we can, and we have I a think lead. We gotta go get the loot. I think we gotta get the loot. There's no uh, point uh, to this whole thing if we don't get the loot. The point is saving the dwarves. Okay, so the dwarves. Oh, you don't get XP for saving dwarves. We're going for the loot. We're going for the loot, and that is the risk we're taking. So let's go for the loot right now. Dead let's go, for okay. the go for the loot. <laughs> go for the loot. Okay. I look forward to seeing you all in the One True Gods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the equivalent is, hell, I mean, we're, we're all going to die. But... <laughs> uh, so you, you, you. Uh, what is nine turns long? Hold person. Or silence. Nine whole person is nine, yeah. and silence is twelve. Yeah, okay. I don't know how many rounds have gone by, but okay, that's, so you that's uh, you you book it as fast as you can. Um, they tell you, uh, they direct you, um, and thankfully, it's actually not that far off course that would lead you back to um, Longshanks Falls, um, uh, where they were basically p picked up by these things, um, uh, by these crookhorns. Um, and it it does appear that they had um, a like a. a, a, a well, let me let me look at the map here. Um, yeah, okay. So it looks like there was um, uh, it's an area of the forest, basically, like in a ditch, basically, where um, there are scattered knapsacks and uh, uh, traveling packs, um, and uh, it looks like there like there's trees broken and like there was definitely like a scuffle that occurred here. And the um, the, the spokesperson of the most dwar most dwarves um, is. Um, 
uh, is a moss dwarf by the name of uh, K-Bob, like like a shish kebab, but <laughs> but but, but K-Bob, yes. Um, he's the one with the huge eyes, we'll say, okay? Uh, um, and he's like, oh, this is the place. Um, oh, good, they, they didn't take it. Well, it's yours now if you want it, whatever you can carry. We best hurry, though. What uh, is it? Yeah, uh, and you look in and you see that there are uh, very strange looking things within these sacks, wondrous things, stinky things. Uh, but uh, there is, um, uh, let's see, what do we got here? <laughs> uh, so, the yeah, so you're pulling things out, like looking at them strangely and like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, K-Bob is like sort of like right there at your at your side. And he's sort of like looking up at you, and he's like giving you. He's like, "Well, that in your hand is what we call it." So he's like, "That's called Hogger." He says as uh, Gwilym pulls out a um, a, uh, a a hunk of cheese that is so moldy that it is like you're you're pulling out of the sap and it's like like fuzzy you know what i mean it's like it's like picking out like a stuffed animal he's like we call that uh hogger um yeah people at the uh, house gillifer at the hall of sleep uh they like puts hair on their chest uh, and you hear like the the, the women are like maybe we should uh, uh get this uh, uh fascinating lesson underway as we move oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's more though <laughs> oh i really want to hear about this as we move towards the gate which is down that way uh, oh by the way ethel ethel's gonna be dead <laughs> all right so we'll get Okay, lessons later. Uh, right, so you you grab the knapsacks and you book it. So uh, you run as fast as you possibly can. While we're running, keep talking while we're running. I want to know what's in there. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're you're running. So he's like huffing and puffing. They slowly get their blood back into their feet, by the way. And so like they're trotting along, you know, making this good. Now they they move slower, so you can't quite book it as as quickly as you as you would like to. But um, uh, you pull out um, uh. Another another cheese. Um, there's a lot of these sort of you know you're just I'm picking out like one example of them, but there's there's multiple parts of it. So this is instead of like the hard fuzzy cheese that you got out before, this one is like uh, super slimy. Like you, you actually think it's like some sort of like viscera at first when you put your hand and then you pull it out and it's like this super gooey, um, grotesquely slimy like snot almost uh, cheese, and it has hairy blue strands of mold that actually sort of hang out of it. <laughs> And it's actually, it's actually, it's actually, it's actually packaged in, um, in sock-like leather pouches, like, like, like long sort of. Tangling. It's fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, oh, mm, and like one like brown tongue like sort of licks along his lips. He's like, that's the, that's the good stuff. That's bugler boot, bugler boot cheese. That's uh, the, uh, that's the one of the milk tree's finest cheeses. Uh, yeah, you, you, uh, have some of that and, uh, good chance you're going to feel right as rain. Uh, we've been, we've been told though that, uh, the stomachs of your folk are a little bit, uh, more, uh, delicate than ours. So, uh, might also cause some, uh, violent vomiting. Just want to put that out there. 
the best kind, really. And he's like, oh, oh. I, can't, no. I can't even handle blue cheese. <laughs> he goes, now, oh, and that sack. Now that. And you pull out and you see that uh, you are, uh, uh, that's from the uh, that's from the moon tree. Then you pull out these, um, they're plants, but they're, but they're actually spherical, almost perfectly spherical nodules. And, um, as they, uh, uh, and they give off like a perfect, like milk white lambent glow. Uh, they're about one foot in diameter. They're quite large actually. Um, and they, they actually give off like a creamy white glow that glows out, that goes forth at about 20 feet, uh, diameter. Mm, natural light. Mm, useful, useful in these dark times in the dark paths of the forest. What's well, that one called? Yeah, this is the fruit of the fruit of the moon tree, the full moon fruit. They didn't actually harvest any of the other phases fruits, but full moon quite rare. Get a good price for this. It's yours. The glow subsides after oh. about a week. Long within your lantern, though. Oh, hey, nice. We're going to have to put that back in the sack before we get mm. into the shadow road. Wish we yep. had some coin for you, but uh, didn't quite make it to the hall in order to collect. But what we have the is hall yours. asleep is nearby. We know that. Uh, Got I lost. Mm. Worry not, friends. Your lives are our treasure enough. We are glad to see you safe. Let us make haste to safety, and yep. and afterwards, and afterwards, we will we will guide you back to the Hall of Sleep when when uh, when that road is uh, clear, proverbially speaking. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so I should have said that um, actually before you went into conversation with them as you were moving, because you you tied Ethel up when you heard the sounds of the of the of the crook horns. So um, mm-hmm. you you get back to her well beforehand, and she she's fine, she's okay. okay. Um, okay so you okay. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so you can you can attach the knapsacks to her tree um, if yeah. you want and move on. So um, now you guys you move into that fast clip. It, the, the the spells last for a while um, and they are um, uh, they can't they don't know that anything happened from uh, they don't know that something that that people were acting against them yet um, because the one person yeah. that did know is being held currently right so. Um, uh, you are able to make it back. You go up a little bit. Uh, the, the land rises up, and you are greeted by the sound of the falls once again, and you see the, the off in the distance, you see the seven great willows, and you make your way up to them, knowing that that is where the Glamouring Gate is. And sooner, um, say, probably about... Um, uh, uh, it appears to be about 4 or 5 p.m., with the sun um, setting over the long stretch of the River Shiver below you, um, slowly, um, that, uh, you can, uh, the glamoury gate is open before you. Oh, uh, by, by the way, Kebab, uh, you happen to know what, uh, what today's date is? My, uh, yes, of course. Strange question. It's the, uh, 23rd of Hagrime. That is the date that... We went back in time. What? <laughs> what, what, what? What date is it actually, Ted? <laughs> okay. So okay. The Same day day. that we entered the the gate was the twenty fourth of Hagrime. It is, it's the twenty fourth of Hagrime. <laughs> <laughs> and your friend is pedantic. 
no, no. I seriously thought we'd gone back in time. I was like, this is great. No, no. I was going to use this, this some great trade relationships, you know, really just <laughs> get our gold back over and back over. In front of him and we're like you know hey that was great and he's like you guys just went in you know what are you talking about mm-hmm. you know time backwards john okay, before but- you go into the door i look to the west gaze at it and flip the maglord the double bird <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you soon pal <laughs> just give us a few more levels <laughs> all right all right run yeah let's go back in and head home is there a way to shut the door behind us I think it just shuts, right? Yes. So uh, you step in. Um, uh, Ethel once again doesn't really like it. You kind of have to have to force her through, um, and you hear that that uh, that bu- that bzz, that buzzing sound um, uh, all around you for that split second that you step through, and then once again all the sounds of the falls, everything like that is um, it, now it's, it's super extreme, like the the loudness to silence, right? Everything super quiet, right? Um, and then the, the the uh, just the small sounds of creaking branches and the gravel at your feet um, sort of start to pervade again um, as you see the white way stretch off in the distance. Now, um, the last time you were here, you uh, you had approached the glamouring gate from this side after crossing through that plaza, where Gwillem um, right. drank from the seven-headed That's lion right. fountain and became uh, albino. Um, however, as you look uh, uh, down the white way um, through you see that you are once again here on this side at, uh, at the Glamouring Gate in the forest, similar to the one that you were at at the at the other door. There is no sign. Not. Uh, it, it, there is no sign of the plaza in front of you. No sign of those of that rock-strewn plain or anything like that, or those strange shadows that were following you. It just appears to be that um, the uh, the the colorless twilight forest in front of you. With the white way straight so we from the other side but, but, forest, but the, right? like the, the small amount of landmarks from that side don't appear to be here it just appears to be like a random patch of twilight forest but it does it is definitely not the same area um that you uh that you exited from so this is also the start of a path like you know, another start of the yellow brick road uh yeah it appears to be I was, I was kind of wondering <clears throat> if the time of day you enter the the gate has any effect on where it goes or the day you find out <laughs> you know or whether they don't go both ways like one a goes to b but b always goes to c and c always yeah goes to yeah it's probably something like that i guess we'll find out we're about to find uh, yeah should, should i drink from the fountain again just for fun you don't see that well, no fountain i'm saying there is no fountain oh oh i'm a sorry i'm a sorry sorry yeah yeah if we find it go nuts you know i i hope you get polka dots but, um, <laughs> Okay, well, we should start walking. Then, start walking along the white way. I don't see a whole lot of options. All right, just give me a moment here. Looking around, everything's fine. <laughs> that went pretty well, guys. I didn't think it would. All right. How did, I'm also curious how the how the moss dwarves are responding. Like, is this just like totally in stride? Or is this no, like they're really they're just as freaked out about it as you are. That, but they, um, uh, they're they're looking around a little bit scared. Uh, but they're they appear to take the knowledge of of a fairy road like in stride. Like they they understand that these are things. Um, 
but they, uh, they've never been on them. So they're a little bit worried themselves. All right. So, um, we should definitely sort of swagger and brag about, uh, you know, our worldliness and fairy roads, roads are old hat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've done this. Yeah. So it'll be yeah. fine. It'll be fine. The, the shadows come alive. They try to scare you. It's nothing. The terrain doesn't break up here like it did the last time, where it sort of like exited out of the forest onto like that that boulder strewn plain. Now it's just like it's a, a dense, thin, uh, dense but uh, thin, thinly shaped, uh, thin trunked trees. Um, um, as you make your way along the crunching uh, gravel path, um. Now, uh, at, at a certain point beside the road, you see that there is a structure that is appro- um, that you are approaching. It's off to the side of the road, um, uh, daring not to, I assume, to avoid it by leaving the path. Correct? You approach the thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, staying on the path, you see that it appears to be a crumbling mausoleum, just standing by itself with no other structure around it. However, it does seem to fit the general um, mood of the place as it's sort of like, you know, it's got like, like a like a, 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 Gre- a Grecian frieze sort of thing, you know, with a, some pillars in front um, that and that's sort of been crumbled a little bit, like some of the pillars are broken and it's sort of shifted to its side a little bit as it's sort of crumbled to the ground. Um, the door itself is slightly ajar with blackness beyond. Health- how far off the path is this? Uh, it's basically like it's, it abuts the path. Like you're, you wouldn't actually be leaving it should you enter. I'm going to sort of make the sign of the revelator and approach the door. But I just before you do that, um, is it architecturally similar and sort of in age to the plaza that we saw before? Uh, yeah. Okay. Vaguely, yeah, yeah. It has a general sense of of, of extreme age. You know, you would say, yeah. Yeah, okay. um, definitely okay. no no dwellings. Have, you've never seen anything like this in uh, Dolanwood. Okay, yeah, that's helpful. Thank yeah. you. Could be the portal inside, right? So you, what's that? Could be the portal inside of it. I'm gonna go look and see. Yeah. Revelator. Hey, why don't you take one of these these uh, fruit of the moon with you? Sure, I'll take a fruit of the moon. You can see inside when you get in there. So it's I'll like this, it. this big globe, right? Like it's a foot wide, right? You know, so it's like you're holding this big crystal ball sort of thing. And it's like, um, and it's not like, um, it's not like a torch and it's not like a, like a light spell. It's like actually in between. It's sort of a, a creamy white sort of like milky glow, you know, just, um, and uh, uh, you illuminate the inside of the mausoleum and you see that there is, there are no more like beers inside, right? Um, there are any, any sort of a sarcophagi or anything like that, but there is, um, uh, in the debris inside, which is like just twigs and leaves and a little bit of the gravel path. Um, uh, there is a staircase, uh, that leads down in the back of it. I want to do one thing. I want to pick up one of these twigs and put it in my pocket. Okay. Nothing happens. And then I will. I, okay. And then I'll say, "Hey, there's a stairway down. Let's go. <laughs> we don't have much time. Who knows if those goatmen can follow us through the gate?" Maybe K-Bob's like, "That seems uh, rather hasty." <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of want to. He, He's—they they all look like very like. Is there anyone coming up behind us on the path? No. I um, 
Argus will take that moon fruit and he wants to go in and, and try and shine it down the staircase a little and sort of see what's down there. Okay, so uh, it looks like it it goes down really far. Like it does not illuminate the bottom of the staircase. And judging by like the, 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 the angle of the staircase, it looks like it goes you know, like further away from the path, like deeper into the forest, but you know, underground. Yeah. 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 But this yeah. isn't just like going down to the cellar right underneath where we are. This is going into the earth, into the earth. That's correct. Yeah. 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 Now, Elfric, as you're looking back, uh, uh, after the, some investigation, you do hear, uh, way, like way down the path, like in the direction that you're going, um, you do hear uh, some people, some some men talking, like a small group of men, mm-hmm. quietly, like male up the men. Mm-hmm. Like in, in, up. They're coming towards you in the, from the direction that you're looking to go. So um, not go men, but possibly right. other adventurers. I make everyone else avail, like aware of what I'm hearing. There's no cover, right? Or are we still in the forest? You're in the forest. It it's, all, it's all in the forest, yeah. Okay. I'll put the globe back in the sack. All right, guys. Do we want to go talk to the voices of men coming towards us? Or do we want to explore the Cyclopean crypt? Which which do you want to do? I'm sorry. I'm okay, yeah. I'm confused. I thought the crypt was like the terminus of the path. But it is. No. It is. Uh, no, it, it just goes right. The road goes right by it, but on the side of the road is this mausoleum that you're now inside. Okay, that's my, that's my mistake. Yeah. Okay, I see. Why don't we hide in the crypt until we can get an, uh, an eye on them and see if they look super threatening? I mean, we could well, also we could also hide in, in the in the in the forest. So I'm afraid of leaving the path to be honest. Yeah, I don't want to leave the path that much. I don't, I don't know if we will continue no, to exist. Okay. <laughs> You know that we hear people coming. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hide. Who, who else knows about the mizzle door? Who knows? We don't know that either. I hope um, it's not the, the, the fucking. Uh, excuse me. The uh, the drone. What? Am I door? But it might be worthwhile just to hide, just in case, because they might not be. The, a bunch of drone assassins coming for us. <laughs> it, it also could it be the, our the mizzle door. Uh, What's a mizzle door? Mizzledor is the one in the mint. That's the one we're going to. Oh, all the different doors have uh, different names? I... Mm. Remember when you were swaggering and pretending that you were like an expert? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said... Yeah, the Mizzledor is the one over by... uh, Down there by Fog Lake. That's where you entered, right? Pack it into the crypt real quick. I want to try and leave the door open just ajar so we can see them as they go by. Okay. Do you put the the globe back in its sack? Yeah, I already put it away. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So eventually, maybe about after, like 10 minutes or so, um, uh, coming up the path, Halifax's fears are realized. As you see that there is a troop of what appears to be uh, four uh, Droon, definitely Droon, making their way up. Men, they all have staves 
with green uh with the green uh, fire circling around them um mm -hmm. uh, one of them who appears to be the leader actually has a crown of antlers that is actually up fitted atop his raised cowl right so it kind of gives him like this sort of stag lord appearance as well um uh and uh uh, the other ones actually have like occult tattoos that are like um, that are covering their faces, like sort of like um, like an extremely fine, finely detailed sort of like um, uh, the markings that were put on Conan and Conan the Barbarian, right when they when they resurrected him. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, so it almost makes their skin look like a darker hue, and then you realize that it's actually like ink that's been like that covers their faces um and they are they're basically like they've got their stats out and they're just scanning the the white way like they're just scanning the forest and they're looking around and as they kind of pass by the mausoleum you see them take note of it but then dismiss it out of hand they're just like um and because uh, no one would be crazy enough to go in there uh, yeah well uh, <laughs> so you, you actually hear one of them um give me a second uh and uh, uh, let's see, let's give him a name here. Um, so, yeah, uh, the the antlered one, um, you, you see, like one of them actually like starts to turn, starts to turn towards it, and the antlered one actually puts a hand on that one's shoulder and says, "Limnus, says don't, uh, don't you know what lies down there? That's the uh, that'll take us straight to Talospire. We'll never return from there. We have a mission." We, the the Odrun Hadral, he told us, he told us those criminals, those murderers entered, entered the middle door. We'll find them. Patience, do not get distracted. And you see like Limnus, uh, he, he nods and he apologetically like makes like a, like some sort of a cult sign. Um, and uh, he, he says, I, Keladach, we'll focus on the mission. We'll find them. We'll bring them before the wow. we'll bring them before the ages and make them suffer for their crimes. <laughs> amazing, amazing. One, amazing. Two, to clarify, they said Talos, Talos Spire. Yeah, Talos Spire, like candle tallow. Spell that. I'm sorry. Oh, tallow. Ta gotcha. Tallow Spire. Well, you know, I want to go to the Talos Spire, but maybe not. Right now, um, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. want to go to the Salus <laughs> You see, like you see the moss doors, or like they hear the name, and they like they slowly look over their shoulders at this staircase, and they slowly look back over at you, and they're like, "No." Okay, when, <laughs> well, speak, when they when they do that, can we wait till the uh, druid are out of earshot and ask the moss doors if they know what the Talos fire is? Uh, I heard. Well, let me double check my notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't. I don't recognize it on the map. I just have to get the names right. I know what it is. I just want to make sure I'm not getting the lore wrong. Um, I, on occasion, we are able to talk to the the golden elves of the golden wood, and they tell of a realm that is ruled by the queen king Hathor has boundless, boundless carnal lusts and it resides, <laughs> it resides in the, 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 the word is, is that it resides in what is known as the infinite city of Talospire. Ooh. 
unfettered <laughs> carnal luck. Uh, that sounds kind of cool. This sounds no, like the, right up our alley. These fairy lords warn me that it is a, it is a place that will draw you in, but from which you will never leave, much like the Hotel California. <laughs> All I'm saying is, that, is this gives us an opportunity to make John role play some very awkward stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we're going right. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I uh, adore the idea of going to the Palace Fire, but I'm not going to bring these monsters down there. So, uh, shall we? Wait yeah, a let's while? rabbit. Let's rabbit as soon as rabbit. we uh, as soon yeah. those guys go. Okay, so I don't um, really want to see monsters engaged in any kind of boundless carnal lust. <laughs> <laughs> not what we signed up for. Who's, who's, who's to say you even have a conception of what that would be? <laughs> true. True. <laughs> I don't think. I guess so outside of your realm of of understanding, it would be. Uh, uh, both horrific and uh, beautiful. Yeah, to me, it would just look like extra mushrooms sprouting, and to them, they'd be all embarrassed. And that's <laughs> <laughs> so when they release okay. the spores that it gets really. Okay, so right. um, uh, we're basically at the end of the session, but uh, there's actually really good timing because you travel once again. So even though the terrain is different and you're not passing the same landmarks that you did the first time, you still get the impression by the amount of time, the amount of distance that you travel, that you've traveled only twelve miles. And as you do, you finally see in the distance, you see the um, the huge misty forms of those uh, faceless uh, sword-bearing uh, statues that front the mizzle door, and it's wispy white. Um, and I assume that you don't hesitate and you move through the door. Yeah. yeah, but I want to do one thing before we close, John. Sure. With the knowledge that we just received, I would like to exit, re-enter one more time to see what the landscape looks like, and then exit again. If I know that the exit is leading to the correct place, but the, the liminal space changes, I'm curious what the liminal space looks like a third time. Or if it just, you know what I mean? Is yeah. it a binary? Is it just two different paths? Or is it a multiplicity of paths, et cetera, is what I'm thinking. Gotcha, Does yeah. that sound crazy to you guys? Well, I think it's worth yeah, I mean, knowing. I'm okay. curious, too, honestly. Yeah. All right, well, so I would like to do that real quick. All right. Well, that there's a there's a sequence that's going to happen happen there real quick. All right. So you okay. you exit out the buzzing sound, and then you're you're back out, and uh, the sounds uh, of the area which you expected to kind of be in are are present. However, I need to know what the weather is, please. Oh, true. Well, when we left this place on the twenty fourth of Hagrime. It was a warm, sunny spring day. Yep. And then we went through the ferry road. Yeah, so roll again. Okay. Who hasn't rolled? Uh, I'll do it. Um, it's 2D6. Like our right? guess is our weatherman. Yeah. Right? 2D6? 2D6, right? 2D6, yeah. Six. All right, so uh, it appears to be similar weather. It's like a, a clement and cheery day. Uh, so it's, it still seems to be quite nice out. Um, uh, the roll me a, um, uh, roll me D20. All right. 15. 15. Okay. So it appears the sun actually appears to be a little bit higher in the sky than whenever you left. It appears to be about three o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Is, is so our... time is definitely weird in there. 
Is our torchbearer still here? Fast. I remember we left a guy. Yeah. Now, what did you you told Pim? How long was he supposed to wait until he need to go back to the others? What did you say? I can't remember. Uh, I find to remember. Was it more I should than? Should have written that down. Sorry. Was it like a day or is it like hours or what? No, I think it was. It was a matter of hours. It was not a day. Okay, so he is. He, he is not supplies. there. He is not there. Yeah. Well, here. Uh, let's see here. Speak to the guardians. How he goes through twilight. Okay, it's not a big deal. If if we assume yeah, that it was only a matter of hours, then uh, then he is definitely not there. He would be back at the caravan at this point, assuming he survived the trip. Back. Now, so you so, know that the sun, it, it appears to be earlier in the day of whatever day this may be. Mm-hmm. Okay, it appears that you've only traveled 12 miles, however. So something obviously went, something happened. All right. Um, uh, now, weather seems to be the same. Do you step back through the door? I do. Okay, so. I do not. You do not? Right. Does anyone else follow, yeah, Gwil- does anyone else follow Gwil- and be into the door again? All right, Gwillem, you step through the door. <laughs> yes, right. Okay, so you enter into the white way again. Once again, the gravel path wends through. You, you, because you had planned to do this before you exited the door. You took into mind like what the placement of like some some of the trees were and some of the markings. And they are. You're still in the forest. The forest still seems to be comprised of the same kind of trees, but the layout is completely different. Right? Yes. Trees are not in the same place. The same dips and you know the the, the road itself actually wends in like a different uh, path. Um, distinct from both previous prior travels, does it seem to me? As yes. far as I can recall? Yes. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. All right. I, I take a note of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, well, I can like draw it on a, on a piece of paper later or something like that, but and then I go back and meet them. Have four days gone by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. This is awesome. All right, so this is a good place to end because I'm really got to think about how we're going to work this. Uh, you exit back out. Um, I need you specifically to roll me two d six. That is a five. A five. Okay. Um, the weather is it's it's a little bit colder than when you like from just seconds ago. Um, slightly colder. It's like it's like brisk. There's like a clear, like um, like just a you know invigorating sort of breeze that's kind of wafting through the trees here. Um, sure. But it's, it's still a clear day. It's definitely spring, um, but just a little bit colder, and it's noticeable because you literally just stepped you know back and forth. Um, uh, roll me a d twenty. Do it, David. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, so as you could probably figure what I'm figuring out here, um, it uh, uh, now it appears to be sort of like the time that you had had expected it to be the first time you exited, but it wasn't. So it appears to be um, uh, five o'clock, and so the evening evening is starting to set in. Um, Yeah. So uh, now you guys um, wait, and you wait. And Gwillem isn't there. You have no idea, like, what he's doing. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Gwillem, when you step through, uh, going back to Gwillem, when you step through, there's no sign of them at all. Like, your, your friends are, like, completely gone. Right? And there's no, there's no like, indication of, of uh, you know, of recently disturbed grass or, or undergrowth or anything like that, you know? It's obvious that people have through, you know, time immemorial approach the mizzle door you know what i mean but um you know but uh, there's definitely no like recent 
uh, undergrowth. So, um, uh, you obviously you guys are separated in <laughs> uh, a, a little bit in time. So uh, this is actually a, a perfect place to end it because there, there, there would be a point where you, yeah. Um, so I don't. I also don't want to uh, like you know if you guys want to step back through the mizzle door at a certain point and be like, where is he? You know what I mean? You maybe you'll do that, but you guys, well, we can discuss that next time. Um, so sure. interesting, interesting wrinkle that I was not I expecting. Love so it. I, love, I yeah. love it. I kind of <laughs> suspected, but I, I went for it anyway. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, All right, that was a lot of fun. A lot of cool stuff. That was a great. That was a great session. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. All right, uh, all right, guys. Uh, so we'll call it a night for for that one. Uh, thanks everyone again for tuning in. Don't forget to please uh, like and subscribe. Uh, as always, hit the bell notification, and don't forget too that you can watch, you can listen to the audio of this on uh, all of your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. Um, the link is in the description and in our YouTube banner. Uh, so please spread the word. We have gotten over 900, so we are on the final march to a thousand. Um, so uh, all eyes are focused on that right now. So. Well, thanks once again, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye.